mouse over my the air, my cursor over, and, and before it hit got it, I hit leave meeting. <laughs> you know, it, because it was funny. I looked up. I was changing screens. All I heard was you say, Fred Patterson reporting from Brampton. Then I looked up, and you were gone. Um. I said that was the second funniest thing that happened this morning. We're making coffee, and I, I had my cup in the machine, the curing machine, and Dan came down because he's staying here. Yeah. And uh, I was on the floor playing with Stan, the dog, a little keep away, and Dan says to me, uh, quite seriously, he says, well, how do we know when it's uh, finished? And I looked up. I thought he was kidding. And I said, what are you talking about? He says, the coffee machine. I said, well, I guess when the coffee <laughs> goes into the cup, because it hadn't even started yet. He was quite a little, uh, bit, little bit sleepy, <laughs> and also it's not well lit in that area. No, I know no. it's very dark. Yeah, I, I forgot he had to you know listen for it to stop. It does that little gurgle. At and the then end. the best thing though is Freddie. I said, Dan, you're so impatient. Hmm. <laughs> 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 Well, uh, everyone's here. Uh, we've got a, a big show for everyone. This is just the pre-show. I think we're going to get to some of your emails. They do have to do with some recent events. Also, we thought, like yesterday, we were going to have Noel. We had Noel Castler on originally to talk about working with the Foo Fighters and Taylor Hawkins. And then it sort of, we had, part of the conversation was about the Academy Awards and Will Smith. Today, we're getting a comedian on, a friend of ours, Darren Frost, who has been attacked on stage. Darren's been on stage for years like myself, but Darren's got a couple interesting insights about what it's like when people actually attack you. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, although and to be different than you can imagine. Well, no, I was going to say, to be fair, Darren's got the kind of act where you're just surprised it doesn't happen all the time. Ivan from Men Without Hats, Brett Tanner from the Chamber Plan. He's going to be up with us later. Dan Duran's news. It's a it's a full show, Fred. It's it's a lot of effort for a couple of guys in their sixties. What about your oh, restaurant review? Oh God! <laughs> in our restaurant yes. review, yes. You know, God. You just mentioned, <laughs> and I'll throw this out there right now because it's one of those stories. Like Eugene Melnick, owner of the Ottawa Senators, died yesterday, sixty-two years old. What? As a he's a billionaire, right? Uh, died yesterday at age 62. Now, I, I, mean, I was going to make a few points through this. Number one, they're saying cause of death ha- isn't known. So, of course, all the conspirators will go crazy. Oh, yeah, another guy. But he did have a well, liver transplant. Another he guy who got the vaccine and then died because of the vaccine. Yeah, it was the vaccine, the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> they're not telling you why he died because you got the vaccine and he died. Yeah, that's it. Um, but he did. He had a liver transplant in uh, 2015. And those things are great, but you know what I mean? Really, when you get an organ transplant, it's sort of like you're on the clock, don't you think? Yeah, I well, although I'm a little surprised. You say he's a billionaire. He couldn't have found a better liver. What, did he get a shitty liver? What did he get? Well, a, did, he get a, did he get a Costco liver instead of a Whole Foods liver? <laughs> it's funny you say that, because everything is. you say is funny. Hey, thank you. Um, no, but back in 2015, he crowdsourced that liver. He put it out there. Hey, I'm looking for a liver. And apparently he got, he got a response like 500 people said, yeah, Eugene, I'll give you my liver. You know, I'll, uh, you can have my liver, whatever it takes, buddy. I'm with you. It was weird. So really? So did mm-hmm. he sell, is you allowed to, you know, buy livers? Is no, I guess, 
I guess when they become available, because you only have one liver, right? Like it was, the, the, the whole story was weird. Yeah, yeah, excuse me, don't you? So in order to get somebody's liver, it's not like a kidney where you got to spare. You have to right. die to give somebody. So, yeah. Oh. So I get, I, I don't know. Read the story. It's in Toronto Life and uh, the whole way, how that all came down. In fact, it was ultimately a little embarrassing for him. But it's, well, a, it's a fascinating Embarrassing story. the fact that he died? That's a pretty embarrassing part. No, no, like asking for <laughs> liver. And, you know, as a rich guy, you're at the front of the yeah. line. It's just all sort of weird. It is. Uh, yeah. So anyway. Ottawa Senators. Senator's owner dies. Now, yes. will there be truckers, you know, gathering? Because it's Ottawa now. Every time something happens, they drive to Ottawa and they protest. I guess. death. Bad down with bad livers, and you know. I guess you're right, though. If you do have an organ transplant, that's a pretty serious event. You know, mm-hmm. well, dying is a pretty serious. Event. <laughs> not, you're right. Not as serious. <laughs> that's not as serious as dying, but it's pretty serious. Like when you're, there's a lot of things that can happen to you. And of course, let's not joke about alopecia ever again. I mean, a lot of serious things can happen once you have somebody else's. You know, parts of some. And, oh, well, let, me put, let me put it this way: in order to fix what's wrong with you, you have to mm-hmm. wait for another human being to die to get one of their parts. That's pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> well, just so you know, that Toronto Life article back when you know he was looking crowdsourcing an organ. Yeah. <laughs> the article was called "The Body Snatchers." Ah, very, very <laughs> good. So, again, I can't explain it all. If you care, read about it because it's fascinating. Anyway, the man is dead. I wonder, you know, we have a a group of people that support us. You know, there's Hundy Peas and then there's the Hundy Peas that are Patreons. And we haven't mentioned them enough. We don't. You know what? I sometimes see the money being transferred. I think those people give us money, whatever it is, five, ten, twelve bucks a month. But I wonder if those people, if one of us needed an organ. Yeah. I wonder if we'd be able to crowdsource our, our patrons. And maybe not an organ, but like, you know, one of us lost a toe or... <laughs> like, would somebody sacrifice, like, maybe not an organ, but like we needed a bit of ear cartilage, you know, to <laughs> rebuild. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, Melnick needed a, a life-saving organ donor. The response was overwhelming. Within two th- uh, within days, 2,000 people called in to inquire about the possibility of donating, and 560 filled out the application for him. The hospital was overwhelmed. It brought in an extra uh, staff to process the paperwork. My, must be nice to be popular, eh? Hmm. I wouldn't hmm. know. <laughs> uh, so How's that? I was just going to wonder, how, how's that going to affect the uh, senator's... Uh team is that are they is there a oh i don't know about that i don't know maybe they'll start winning now hmm. <laughs> i don't know maybe maybe but, you know with the leaf ownership to try and get a transplant for the team in general forget Oregon. see if they can't put out a <laughs> to transplant some uh, goaltenders but what about well, this? No, leafs need heart they yes need they heart. need a heart transplant that's right Gun. <laughs> hey, any teams out there that have any guts what about uh did he pay did melnick pay Whoever. No, I don't think you're allowed to do that. You don't think he um, made a donation to that person's family or. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, w- w- my question would be if I fill out the thing for donation, can I fill out where I want it to go? 
Because as you say, you got to be dead for this to happen. Like, it's weird. The whole thing's weird. But now he's dead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was that fucking vaccine, man. Yeah, it what? Kill you. It's killing it. Hey, wh- hey. <laughs> a buddy of ours told us one in 35 were dying oh, yeah. from the vaccine. One in 35, yeah. Yeah. And, and mostly vaccines through history. You know, what you do is you, you have a disease, you get a vaccine, but then that kills you. So you might as well just get the disease. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Dan Duran, are you ready? Are you in a, yeah. an emotional spot? You look good there in my kitchen. <clears throat> Dan Duran, live from yeah. the uh, Sketchway second floor. Uh, yeah. Freddie, you ready? We got everyone's uh, attention. Yes, All sir. right, well, let's yep. do this. All right, Daniel. <clears throat> This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto and Brampton and is brought to you by GigSky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. And now here are two atheists who have given up religion for Lent. It's Humble and Fred. Hi, everybody. <clears throat> I, um... I want to see if I can find this. I, I shouldn't say. See if I can get you this joke. I love jokes. I know you do. That's why I, I, whenever I... Oh, here's... You're going to love this. this is guy. it corny? Yeah, yeah. It's super corny. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but it's actually corny, but uh, <laughs> the delivery... This guy, So I found this guy. His name is Comedian Chris Monty. And he's just honestly just a regular looking dude. I don't know. A little older than your average stand-up. And his whole thing... On his TikTok channel are jokes of the day. And every day he puts up a different joke. And I just found this guy and I thought, oh, Freddie will love this. Have a listen. Hey, everybody. How are you? Comedian Chris Monty here with your joke of the day. This young man is at the checkout counter of a supermarket. And he puts down two rolls of toilet paper, a six-pack of beer, a tube of toothpaste, and a bag of potato chips. And the young cashier female looks at him and says, you must be single. The young man says, you can tell I'm single just by what I'm buying. She goes, oh, no, not that. You're ugly. (laughs) Classic misdirect. (laughs) No, I know. The first time I watched it, I laughed. I thought, oh, Freddie, I love that. (laughs) It's funny. You can tell tell all that because of what I ordered. No, no, you're ugly. (laughs) I love old jokes like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like it because it's also mm. 30 seconds. The worst is when people launch into like, uh, like there are people I've, I've met. And I, just, I know you guys have too, that would tell that joke in three minutes. Okay. So the guy goes to this, you know, like, you don't need to embellish it. And then you can, he's doing his shopping and you know, just get right yeah. to it. Yeah. That's funny. I knew you'd like that. Cause you don't really expect that. Exactly. That dead end to it. I love it. Okay. Well, you know. And there who you is go. this guy? I want him. I'm, yeah, I want to. I want to go to his concerts and shit. Mm. <laughs> okay. Is, is he Canadian? <laughs> no. Wait a minute. You're going to go to his concerts and shit. Yeah. Are you? Is, is he a Canadian guy? Are you expecting him to do a concert in your backyard? No, he's not. He's American. Listen to his accent. Here, right. he's, I think well, he's like Boston. Like, listen. Says, tell him single just by what I'm buying. She goes, oh, no, not that. You're ugly. Okay. okay. Anyway, um, uh, yeah. This you know? stuff keeps coming to my mind. And I just got to get it out there because I watched it last night. Speaking of Boston, it's done in the Boston area. Coda. 
Did you see it? I haven't seen it yet. I hear it's what great. A, Won an Academy a, Award and such, yeah. I watched it, and when it ended last night, I looked at my love, and I said, hey, I see why that some, won some awards. Yeah. That it was... Uh, just a great movie children of deaf adults rachel told me about it and you know yeah. there's a great example of it you know people should be talking about a uh, one of the actors one i think best supporting actor didn't they a, a deaf actor yeah i'm not sure uh i know it won best best picture sure but the point is it took a, all that nonsense that we're going to talk about in a second here with frost all of that took away a lot of good Things that yes, it like did. that it took a lot of a good away, uh, including Will Smith, a black actor, winning the best Academy Award for that uh, mm-hmm. uh, category. But, but it did do one thing: it made us talk about the Academy Awards more than I ever have. We, yeah. you and I, haven't talked about it in, uh-huh. like this in years. No, I get it. It, it, it is too bad because it took the attention away from stuff like Coda. It's like a sniffler, right? Towards the end, you're sort of. You don't want to talk because your voice will break up. Because do you ever in that position? Yeah, at the end of every show, at the end of every one of these shows, like take a couple of breaths before (laughs) I turned a doll and said, "Well, I see why this won awards because if I'd have said it too early, my voice would have cracked." Sure, I'm telling you, I agree. It was that. It was that sweet a movie. And you know, another interesting thing about it, there was no like uh, subtitles. Like you might think with all the sign language in the thing, there, there might have been subtitles so you knew what they were saying. You sort of had to figure it out yourself, and it was just so cool. It it was. It was great. And you saw that on a uh, streaming platform, did you? Well, it's Apple. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. Mm-hmm. I like the, uh, the Marley Madeline and, and the uh, the guy that I think won the award. They they were they played a couple that uh, made out a lot. They really enjoyed fucking. They, yes, did, they, they enjoyed did. what, Dan? I'm sorry. Fucking. Fucking. Dan Durant. Is that who won the award, the father? Because he was good. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Just and, uh, uh, yeah, and it, but but uh, but the thing is, is that because they're deaf, they don't really realize how much noise they're making. So mm. right, right. And yeah, she had her boyfriend over, or a friend that was going to be her boyfriend, and her parents were screwing in the next room, just mm. give just giving her eight. And were they making uh, a lot of noise? Is that the point? Were they making like yeah. just? But of course, they they can't hear it because they're in deep. No. Yeah, yeah, because they're yeah. But deaf people can. Sure. Yeah, of course. But that is like one of those questions. If a deaf couple fucks in the forest, does anybody hear them? I don't know. Do they? Yeah, that question. That question. You know, that age old old question. Hey, I don't see. uh, Joke about this, but not alopecia. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently alopecia is the worst thing in the world to joke about. I've read so much stuff in the last 24 hours. I don't know. Oh, Howard, I uh, watching TV yesterday, like some of the shows, it's how did that get wrestled into it was it, it, oh, I don't even an attack on black women. I like I, I well, uh, when yeah, it there it was like, well, wait a minute. It's like, I don't know. I, you know, it's interesting because Chris Rock directed a documentary a few years ago about black women and their hair. And the sensitivity that black women have had around their hair and years. It was an interesting documentary. I can't remember the name of it. Howard. <laughs> Yesterday, that came up so often about the difficulty black women have with their hair and people just don't understand. And listen, I'm not mocking it or anything. It was an education to me. And then Delise even explained to me. Like, even Doll's hair. She goes to a guy on Young Street because apparently he's the only guy in Canada that deals with her type of curly hair. I'm not kidding. She does. 
and, which is great because she only goes once a year or something costs a few bucks but that's fine but then she started to explain to me that a lot of black women how difficult it is for them to get their hair cut mm-hmm. and how to deal with it i'm uh, okay I, I i didn't know any of this and then this woman comes on tv an ndp candidate saying that a black woman saying that she wants to legislate anybody licensed to do hair in ontario should should have to know how to do a black woman's hair you shouldn't get your license until you can do that and it's like holy cow man this is one slap has led to all this it's crazy yeah yeah, and and again having some sensitivity again the irony is that chris rock directed this particular documentary about this particular um, yeah. slice of society most of us you know don't know much about all that to say I don't care what it was right you can't slap somebody in the face on stage uh, David Letterman for years was I don't know if he was ever married to her but his girlfriend Meryl Marco was one of the people that created the uh, late night Vibe. She was the head writer of the first uh, uh, NBC show that Letterman did. Anyway, she's very funny, and I follow her on Twitter. And uh, one of the first things, you know, that she said, I'm just trying to find it here, was basically, I can't stop thinking about one thing. If that Will Smith assault took place in any other venue, he would have been removed from the audience. No other show would have let an assailant just go back to their seat, famous or not. And that's the key for me. Famous or not, what he did was get out of his chair during an event mm-hmm. and slap the performer on stage. I don't care about alopecia at that point. I don't care about the jokes. And it wasn't even that. But you know what? Even if, if it had been a joke about her having alopecia, you can't slap somebody on the face on stage oh. without being charged with assault. No, I get it. You know, and it was what it tells you something about Will Smith, because that moment of rage got the better of him. You know, there was no he had no governor at that point, which, again, we said yesterday, all of us can relate to on some on some level. But that was crazy. And, you know, and even if he'd have gone on stage and leaned into Chris Walker and just whispered something in his ear and then left people, everybody. Whoa, what did he say? What happened there? You know, yeah. But the actual act of slapping him, it's in really it is. And the more I saw yesterday, it's it's really indefensible. It was it was like too much. You know, there's a phrase that they've been I hear people throwing around lately about, you know, different things. So and so is unhinged. Yeah. You know, there's a perfect example of, you know, somebody being unhinged. Dan Duran will uh, join us later for. his news, we'll get to that. But first, uh, let's uh, take a second or two with this sweet angel. You know, look somebody, at look at that sweet baby boy. Uh, as long as I've been doing stand-up, it seems like I've always uh, had a, uh, we've always had an association. And I, I, I'm not my first time around, but certainly in the time I've been in Toronto, this guy's name has always come up as somebody that's doing something a little bit different. I, uh, I think we all know now that what Darren Frost says on stage doesn't always land with people. And if anyone can talk about what we're talking about now and what everyone's been talking about for the last day or so, I thought it would be this fellow. Uh, you know, we don't need it. How are things going, by the way? You all right? Oh, yeah. Things are great. No? <laughs> okay. Come on. I'm in a closet in Barry. Things are on fire. Oh, no. The, the, <laughs> this, the, this, the career is ta- has never been hotter. 
Uh, Defrost. So you've heard a little bit of what Fred and I were saying just uh, as you were coming on. And, of course, you know sure. what we're going to talk about. Um, I have a couple of stories where I've been not assaulted, but I, I had... I had famously a woman in Hamilton throw something at me on stage, and I went down, and after it hit me in the head, and it was a long, like a carpenter's nail, but a really, I don't know how she had a fucking nail in her purse. Because that's Hamilton. That's, that's, why. that's why I tell her. They carry around that in her purse. <laughs> that's right. I always, I always tell that story. Donnie Coy did nothing. But, yeah. uh, but that was pretty mild compared to come, some of the things that's, that have happened to you. But first, before we talk about your experience, what, what was your yeah. reaction knowing... Well, you know, I've always it's it's like float like a butterfly, sucker slap like a bee, right? Isn't that what Ali said? <laughs> That's right. I think? Um, you know, there's many there's many levels wrong with what happened. I mean, I agree with what you said. He if he would have just sat in his seat and screamed at him, that's you know one thing. Yep. If he would have walked up to a whisper in his ear, I, I made the same point as well. That's another thing. But the idea that you know, think of his ego first of all. That his ego is so big that I'm Will Smith that I can stop the largest television show in the world. And because I'm upset with the joke, which I first laughed at, and then I was only doing it because my wife shot me a dirty look. You know, that's a that's a whole idea of being a cuck right there. Um, so uh, there's that problem. And then, you know, there's also the idea that I know he didn't sign up to be a role model, but Will Smith is a role model. And there's a lot of people and young people that look up to him. And what did he do there? He taught the whole world that if you get upset with words, you can resort to violence. Yeah. Let me just pop, pause and uh, jump in for a second. I want you to pause on this. That the yeah. idea... The idea that, and we said this yesterday, I said, you know, he could have shook his fist or, you know, wagged his yep. finger at him. And then when he got up to do his own speech, then take a shot at Rock. For sure. You know, that's for, you know, that's game, you know, versus game. That's this, you're playing in the same field. But once you physically assault somebody, and, and you make a great point about the ego around it, there's, I've watched it so many times, but if you look at the face of Will Smith as he's coming back to the table, uh, mm. to the seat, you mm. can see he's he's not oh, in yeah. his right mind. Cuckoo. But, but one, yeah. one thing you said, Darren, and both of us have experienced this, which is we've said things that have made the guy laugh in the audience. Right. And then he sees the reaction from his girlfriend or the other way. I've made a woman laugh. Her husband didn't like it. You know what I mean? I we've you know there's that you sometimes do that, right? Yeah, of course. So he did laugh first and he was only upset because she was upset. Yes. And, you know, there's this whole idea of that toxic masculinity that we're all trying to get rid of in this world where, you know, uh, we're supposed to be defending our poor and, def you know, defenseless uh, female counterpart or partner. You know, um, if she was upset. Like you said, he could have took a different route or she could have stood up for herself and said something. This idea that he's got to run to her safety, there's also a little bit of that that's in, in his ego that's playing out in his mind, I think. I'm, maybe I'm projecting, but there's just that whole idea of, you know, and we, you know, not to bring up Ukraine and all this other stuff that's going on in the world, but there's so much violence in the world that is happening that he, to resort it down to that base level of like, I think you're wrong and I'm going to take violence as the answer is just not where I think thought the world is going right now and especially will smith who then gets on stage and talks about being a vessel of love you know I, that's the other part that really is confusing to me how can you be a vessel of love i know he's talking about the movie in a way but you just did what you did i would have respected him more if he just got up said i'm sorry 
thanked the people he wanted to thank and just walked off. Mm-hmm. That whole crying thing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. is just what you've already done. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I posted yesterday, RIP, you know, um, his his career. Yeah. And I think it's, I, I think he may come back from it, but it'll never be the same. And he also wrecked the, the probably the most important night of his career and for that movie. Now, there is talk that that movie may get a bump now because of all this controversy. Let's see if that happens. Yeah, because you never, no one ever for the rest of time will ever mention or think about Will Smith without thinking about that. Yeah, right. You know, we were saying earlier too, Darren. It, you know, Coda. I watched it last night. A beautiful film. All that stuff is lost now. Even the how embarrassing was that for the Williams family last night? Right or uh, uh, Sunday night. Like, on every level, it just took so much away from so many others. Just a oh, real, like- real selfish move. Like Quest Love, like Matt, no one's listening yeah. to Quest Love right after him uh, getting hit. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you know, he wins an Oscar. You know, it's the first Oscar ever that someone uh, from the LGBTQ uh, community won an Oscar. Uh, the first deaf actor won an Oscar. Uh, the only the third three of the Oscars, a woman won for Best Director. I mean, these are major milestones that nobody's talking about. Everybody is talking about you know this whole thing with yeah. Chris Rock and Will Smith, you know, and I, that's that's the problem. Well, no, I said that to Freddie too. I said it takes away. There were so many moments. I, oh. I mentioned just a couple, but it, it took away from everything. On the other hand, though, you, me, Freddie, how many? Wh- how, when's the last time we've had, no anyone was talking about the Oscars? When's the last time? Oh, any, I understand. Like, that, like in terms of, you know, you just mentioned the movie might get a bump. A lot of those movies, Coda included, mm-hmm. that. That will be elevated. I'm just trying to find the actual apology. What pissed me off is when he came on and apologized to everyone on stage. We talked to a a lawyer yesterday after the show, and I asked him, I said, you know, did he not mention Rock's name on Sunday night? Because he did yesterday. Is there some reason he didn't? I thought, well, maybe because he doesn't want to have culpability should he ever Uh get sued. You know, it's America. But the difference between Canada and the States is if somebody did that to you or I on stage, Darren, they, we wouldn't have to press charges. Charges right. would be automatic. In the States, the victim, they need the cooperation. L.A. County can't just arbitrarily, apparently, press charges on an assault that we all witnessed. Well, what's interesting is that that is true, and but you've also uh, have the idea that the police could have arrested him because it, they know what happened, and then if the victim chooses not to at a later date, they could have released him. That's my point. He should have been taken out of as soon as it happened. Even though he had a 20-person entourage, that's how they've kind of come out and said they couldn't do it because of that reason. Um, he still should have been removed from the property. It's like, you know, not to get into, we'll get into me being assaulted, but when I was assaulted, they did not escort the person out. Every time that I've ever been assaulted in any venue in Canada, they do not remove the person. The, the guy just sits there like he owns the place. What? And that's really? what Will Smith happened. Same thing there. It's like he owns the place. He got a standing ovation. No, no, I'm surprised in Canada they didn't take people no. out that... Really? Darren, yes. we're, we're only on for a couple hours, so maybe you could just cut down a few of these stories. Just a, one, <laughs> yeah. just one yeah. or two highlights yeah. from your assault yeah. career. Yeah, I mean, London, Ontario is at a, at a Yuck Yucks. Uh, it was an X-rated show, warnings on the door. Everybody knew what they were in for. I had a heckler, wouldn't stop, and it got back and forth. And then uh, I made a joke. I said, this, look, the show isn't a choose-your-own-adventure story. 
where I turn to page 47 and I have sex with your mother. That was the joke. <laughs> okay. You know, look, I know it's off. It's an offhand. <laughs> it's a terrible joke. It's an X-rated show. I'd already mm-hmm. done jokes about cancer and 9-11, which the guy thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. But the second I did the old your mother joke, it was too far for him. And he threw a, a shot, well, not a shot, but a kind of like pint glass at me and hit me square in the chest. It's on YouTube. You can check it out. It's my most watched video. My mom's proud. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did not remove the person. He sat there. What? Yes, they. he sat there like he owned the place. Yeah. I had to say from stage, you have to leave. And he eventually left. And to this day, uh, the owner and the staff uh, believe I got what I deserved for making that joke. And, oh, you know, man. I've had a career where I've always said words cannot be trumped with violence. In no way, shape, or form unless you're threatened. And I'm in a business that feels otherwise in some cases. I'm surprised because I... I don't know. I don't. I can't recall a particular incident. I've had a few where I've gotten into it with in the audience, and there it got went from sort of this is cute and charming to this is threatening. But I I just don't recall somebody doing something like you just described and not being taken out of the club. Yeah, especially in this candy ass country where. You know, they usually overreact. Because, uh, you know, clubs are cutting down on security costs and all that. Sometimes there's no security. Who's going to do it? The Mm -hmm. the head waitress? Yeah. If a guy guy throws a Pilsner glass at you. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to who's going to want to force him out of the place? Yeah. Wendy, after you take out that shot of rum, can you just get rid of that guy in table six? You know, and, and you're right, too. Even when it comes to people being. Okay, heckling is different than people being disruptive. Yes. Like when you've got 300 people in a room and two or three are wrecked. When, like when we say you're wrecking it for everyone else, they're not even being funny heckles. They're not even heckling on what you're saying, which we all, it's fair game, really. It's right. when they're just doing their own show and it's over here on one side and it's disturbing. Even in that case, Darren. And Fred, it, I'm I. You don't see a. You don't want the head waitress or the waiter. It's not their job to come over. But right. that, but that's who has to no. do it. Can you just be quiet, please? Just a little quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, oh, we're just having a good time. What? Yeah. We're not allowed to have a good time at a comedy club. Yeah, yeah. No, is that what we're supposed to? Be? I'm just yeah. laughing. No, you're not. Was there another time? Too? Oh yeah, there was a time at the Rivoli where a guy threw a, sh- a, a big tall beer glass at me. Now at that time, I believe they asked him to leave, and the guy left. But right. you know, there has been many times in, in Kelowna. Five guys were fighting outside the venue to take a shot at me first. I, had to wait. <laughs> I mean, there was literally in a group fight, almost like you know, like a brawl, uh, a WWE brawl, and they're like fighting each other. I get to hit them first, and they're smacking each other. That's why all this stuff is just so complex, because just from the very fact that you walk into a comedy club knowing the guy up there is going to entertain you. And we all watch movies that can be off color, dark or whatever. Yeah. You walk in that place knowing that this is what you're getting. Yeah. And then, and then to freak out on, it. hey, what, what about this dimension? You know, again, I heard yesterday a lot about an attack on black women. What if that had been Ricky Gervais? Well, that's what I was going to say. Ricky Gervais, yeah. that, first of all, that joke, if people are upset with that joke, that joke is so tame yeah. and so, like, so level, like, three out of ten of the offensive scale. Well, and that's why, really, just quickly, and that's why the look on Rock's face, when he was surprised, yeah. to, there's yeah. a moment there yes. where he's looking, and he says, oh, come on, that was that was nice. Like, it wasn't a... It was a G.I. Joe joke. It, it was... Like, a G.I. Joe. Yeah, but it was so level, I don't even think it was level three. 
uh, Darren. No. I, that was like an offhand, and that wasn't. He just looked over and saw somebody and made that remark. It was so uh, lame. I even said to Fred, though, I don't care if 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 he had made an alopecia joke, which would have right. been at least you would have been okay. That's way offside, but not offside enough to slap the guy in the face in front of the entire right. world. Right, and you know the whole idea is. The G.I. Jane, you could take that as a compliment. Yes, like, of I'm course. sorry, but Demi Moore was like super strong mm-hmm. and uh, incredibly, you know, fit. Right. And looked great in that poster. And everyone was surprised that she looked that way because before that she didn't look that. It was a transformation. Sure. So if you can look at any joke, positive or negative, and I get, you know, she took it negative because she's going through it. But Much like yourself, she was strong, hot, and bald. Yes. I mean, come and on. in a closet in Barry <laughs> waiting for their wife to let them out. Yes. Yeah. Again, to be fair, somebody that has that condition, and it can't be horrible for a woman, yep. what they're going, listen, there's a lot of stuff they went through we would never be able to appreciate, but still it should never have manifested in a slap but i bring up ricky gervais like if it became would he have gone up and slapped the white guy or if ricky had gervais as a white guy had said that about her would this be even more of a controversy is right what you know, I'm or about. you know if he, if he went after alec baldwin what would happen uh yeah yeah, yeah. you know it, it's just like uh yeah ricky gervais has said some things where you thought he would get slapped <laughs> Because oh, I should have been slapped. Really, really harsh thing. Way harsher. Yeah. You know, Stern mm-hmm. made a good point yesterday, and he guess he was talking about this, obviously, and I happened to tune in at the beginning of his show mm-hmm. on the repeat. And the first thing he said was, you know, it's kind of a punk move because he knows Rock. And and yeah. Chris Rock is, you know, he's a pretty small framed guy. And yes. Stern's point was, would Will Smith have done that if that was, you know, The Rock or Jason Momoa? Right. Would he walked up and slapped a giant man in the face? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, here's his part of his apology. And again, there's nothing... Uh, we all empathize with this medical condition, and, he, and that's what uh, Will Smith is saying here. He says, jokes at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. Yeah. He said, I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line, and I was wrong. And he goes on to say how embarrassed he was. And that's really my point. Yes. I, listen, I've said, maybe, you know, I haven't had a glass thrown at me, but I've said some stuff on stage that didn't land that really offended the person I was saying it to, or or they were really offensive jokes to a certain group of people, even though I was in that group of people making fun of myself, but some people don't like that. Fair enough. Do you think that this is going to make it easier now for people to walk out of the audience and punch a guy like you in the face? Yeah, I think there's a, there's going to be, you can just see the division, right? Probably 40% of the people still agree with Will Smith's mentality that it was okay to slap him. That's the 40% I'm worried about going to any live show now that just wants to take it in, in by the by the control of the show. And that's what I'm worried about. I mean, I'm always worried anyways because it happens <laughs> a lot to me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, when I was single, I didn't care. Now I got kids, I can't die, you know? But, you know, when my kids turn 18, a lot of people are going to die. But anyway, um, <laughs> That's my motto. But yeah, I am worried. And I'm worried for other comedians because, look, I'm an I'm a, a, you know, a dirty comic, whatever you want to call me. And I have to take that a bit on the chin. But I've seen this happen for people that are clean comics because of alcohol. This isn't just because I'm screaming at a crowd that someone reacts this way. They're just drunk and they can't handle their booze and they misinterpret things. Just like this joke, I think he misinterpreted it to the point that she was that offended that he had to do something. I am very worried about entertainment. And I'm very worried from the spillover from this because people are still arguing about it. 
Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, we're in that era because uh, Stern also made the point yesterday. He equated it to Donald Trump. He did. Just the era that we're in. Yes. That the the great enabler has allowed people to think and say and act in ways that before was inappropriate. Yeah. And, you know, people see this at at, at the Academy Awards now. And you're right. It's like. It's that whole mentality now. I saw it there. I can do it, or I might yep. do it, or yep. I might get attention this way. You know, it's interesting because one of the first tweets I saw was from Kathy Griffin, who basically yes. said, I'm worried now that this will now make it okay for you know some yeah. guy at a comedy club to walk up on stage. And that's really what we're seeing. We're seeing, and I said this to Dan, who was hanging out here, we're seeing so many things now that are unprecedented. Yes. Back to your point, Darren, in the middle of this huge broadcast, you know, we've all raged out from time to time. But you think about the mentality of all the things that he could have done instead of walking up on stage. But somewhere in that walk, he decided, you know, that this was did he lose? I would say lastly, Darren, did he just lose situational awareness? You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just kind of like black out or whatever. You're so enraged. You don't realize where you are anymore. I think what happened is earlier they made a joke at his expense, and I don't think he liked that joke. And someone else made this point. This isn't my point. And then he's sitting there kind of stewing in it, and then just the next thing that was pointed towards him was like the tipping point. And then I just think he he looked at his wife, who and they both have been very public with their problems and situations, and he she's felt that he hasn't defended her in the past. And I just think it was a pot that overboiled. And yeah, he lost the idea of where he was and said, I've got to do this, and he did it. And he's going to be paying the price. I uh, haven't heard. I, I, I looked this morning. Doesn't The only person that no one seems to have heard from is Chris Rock. Right. Which is the smart move for him. <clears throat> He's going to come God. out of this on top. He's going to like every com- comic that you've read any post from, even if they even the people that agreed that he got slapped. Everybody has said that he handled it like a pro. Yeah. Like, you know, it, nobody realizes when you've been assaulted like that, because like after my London show, I still did 15 minutes. I didn't stop the show. I didn't walk off stage because in the moment, you know, I hate to say it, but the show must go on. And that's a sign of a pro. And Chris Rock is still, you know, for decades, one of the best comics ever in this country, in, this, in the world. And that shows a sign of it right there. He's a pro and he kept on going. And all the power to him if he holds on to this and he stays quiet for a long and builds up that anticipation because mm-hmm. people are just dying. Oh, I know. Plus, Howard, it's interesting how it happened because we talked about the liability and aspect of this by uh, Will Smith not apologizing to Chris that night. It's interesting. Will Smith's apology comes out yesterday after Chris Rock made it clear that he wasn't going to press charges. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, now supposedly uh, they made an announcement, or P. Diddy, because that's how we get all our news now. Uh, yeah. Uh, said, said that. Uh, <laughs> that's right. He, they made up at, at the after party that they did talk and they made up. So there, mm. I knew this apology was coming, and I knew that he probably was going to press charges because that was said. Well, mm-hmm. listen, as I said yesterday, Grok is on tour right now. He's doing a I think he's a good a world tour. He's off to Australia. And, you know, this, this, this just added another 15. Talk about a free, <laughs> hey, Frosty, talk about a wow. free, free 15. One yeah, other thing, I mean, that, 
that, that post-Oscar party, uh, I saw the video of he's holding the Oscar, dancing to uh, get jiggy with it. Yeah. Right. And I think, how do you do that after what just happened? Like, yeah. It was Like, weird. how embarrassing is it to dance to your own music to start well, with? No, exactly. Before you assault someone. Well, you know, I can't tell you. Like a band wearing their own t-shirt. A, what are you a, doing? Well, that one Frost, out. That I, one can't, out. I can't tell you the number of times we've been places where Fred goes to the DJ and says, can you play Snow Removal Machine? And then he wants yeah. to dance to it. <laughs> um, here's, I, I don't know who this guy is. Maybe you've heard of him. Zach Bornstein. He's a comedian. Okay. Uh, and uh, Meryl Marco, who I was talking about, used to be uh, David Letterman's girlfriend, oh, yeah, head writer. Anyways, she's yeah. great. Anyway, she says, I pronounce this the best joke. And it's Zach Bornstein says, breaking news. Will Smith being sent to live with aunt and uncle in, El- in yeah. Bel Air. <laughs> I yeah. thought that was great. Uh, I mean, I, I, even, I even made a joke about that. Chris Rock didn't take a knee, so he's okay with the NFL and Trump. I mean, there's been tons and tons of jokes. Yeah, listen, man. Uh, thanks for taking us some time with us. Too long since we've uh, caught up with Darren yeah. Frost. Uh, currently, uh, I think, on tour with yes. the uh, Godfather, Kenny. Uh, the Rank and Vile Tour. Just give us a couple of dates so we can have people come and see you. Yeah, so we hit the East Coast uh, March 31st uh, to uh, April 9th. You can go to rankandvile.com for dates. We're doing a Toronto date in July, which I'll come on and talk to you guys about. Love it. Uh, and we're, go- we're all over the place. So if you're interested in dirty comedy, go to rankandvile.com. Hey, life must be good to have a closet that big. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is my mm-hmm. wife's closet, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see mine. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, my friend, always a pleasure to check in with Darren Frost. What a uh, beauty, man. Uh, rank and Vile, go check it out. If you're on the East Coast listening to this show and you haven't seen these guys in concert, it really is something else. And always a pleasure, my friend. Cheers, guys. Thanks. There he is. Uh, Darren Frost. And, uh, you know, it's funny, people... Who have heard us talk about Darren or Darren on our show? You know, having done stand up with Darren and you've seen his act, it's let's not. I know we always com- comment on how dirty it is. It's not just dirty, it's dirty funny. And uh, he's a very unique performer. I keep feeling, I feel weird talking about him because he's still like, what are you trying to, are you going to do some, you're going to fold some clothes? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Just get out. Yeah. yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I thought you have to do that. Okay, bye. All right, take care. Uh, but, you know, let's not take away from the fact that Darren is really funny, and Kenny and Darren do a great show together, and we uh, highly recommend it. Anyway, let's uh, get back to this in a second. But first, Freddie, let's talk about our good friends at... Well, we'll talk about our good friends at Gig Sky. Uh, no, hang on. Dig, Gig Sky guest of the day is... Well, go ahead. If you well, want I was going to mention that because he's almost here, isn't yes, he? Yes, almost time. Ten minutes. Or no, five minutes. Do it. Okay, Ivan from uh, Men Without Hats is our Gig Sky guest of the day. Uh, Gig Sky offers so much when you're traveling and, uh, you know, affordable data. It really is great. Uh, the only worldwide mobile data service with affordable rates in over 190 countries. Download the app today for Android or iOS. Uh, the Gig Sky app. <clears throat> Enter HF2022 for $5 off your first plan or visit gigsky.com for more information. Gigsky.com. Yeah, Ivan from Men Without Hats is coming up here in a second or two. Um, and uh, our friends from the Chamber Plan will be with us uh, a little bit later. There's a uh, Men Without Hats guy. Da, 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 da. Um, I'm not sure if we, well, I know people are excited to hear about our dinner, but we may not get to it today. We may have to, you know, tease it through another day. Yeah, like Chris Rock is holding on to that, uh, to that gold, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder when we're going to hear from him. 
Yeah, I don't, and, and I'm not sure that I believe that they made up at the after party. Maybe, you know. Yeah, because all the video I saw from the after party, they there was nothing that showed Chris Rock anywhere. Not that he would go and, you know. Here's what Chris Rock was heard saying backstage. Apparently, he was still joking about it. He said to somebody, well, you know, it's not every day you get hit by Ali. And, and, you know, without a scratch or something, because uh, Will right. Smith played Ali. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he said it better than that. Let's, uh, let's switch gears now. You know, you can't have been alive on this planet without knowing this song. Um, for years on radio across this country, both, uh, you know, with you and in other radio station formats, I played this uh, Men Without Hats. And it's our pleasure to welcome to our program. Please welcome Ivan Doris Chuck from Men Without Hats. Hi, Ivan. I'm Howard. This is Fred. Hi, how are you going? We're good, man. How are you going? Good. Yeah. It's good to catch up with you. How are things in the world of Men Without Hats? Pretty good. We have a new record out and getting good reaction all over the place. It's called Men Without Hats Again Part 2. Yeah, First, gonna, uh, I'm going to be playing some of that here in a second, but where do we find you uh, this morning, Ivan? I'm on Vancouver Island. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So uh, this would be, what, your first record since when, Ivan? Ten years. 2012, we put out Love in the Age of War. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, this is, uh, well, we put out a, a, an EP last September, last year, put out an EP called Part One, again, Part One, which was five cover songs, which was just kind of an introduction to these uh, new songs that came out uh, beginning of March. Uh, before we get back to music, pretty sweet living out there on Vancouver Island, huh? Love it. Yeah. Love it. Are you, is that where you're originally from? Or are you from here and you went out there? I'm from Montreal. Yeah. Up, well, I'm not from Montreal, but I grew up in Montreal. Did you make you, the decision to stay there after your first visit, like a lot of Eastern Canadians? <laughs> exactly what happened. My brother moved out. My brother Colin moved out here first and uh, came to visit him. Went back home, packed my bags, and moved back. Are you a golfer? Because you can golf uh, fifty-two yeah. weeks a year out there, aren't you? No, aren't you? I'm not. I'm not oh. a golfer. But oh. uh, yeah, me neither. I can't stand that sport. Uh, that's probably where you're going to retire, Howard. Hey, uh, Ivan, because <laughs> I, I I know the area a little bit. I lived in Vancouver, and I, I've been on the island there a few times. Just give us some context. Where are you? I'm at mile zero. I have the easiest uh, place to get to in Canada. Anywhere in Canada, you want to come to my place, you just get on the Trans-Canada, head west, go right to the end, uh-huh. turn left, two blocks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, know you're, I don't know if you're tired of this, talking about the safety dance, uh, talking about the popularity of this song. I'm always curious, just a couple quick things. Do you remember... When you wrote this song, and and when you wrote it, did you think, hey, this is pretty catchy, or just another song that you've written? Well, when you're uh, when you're a young songwriter, you think that every song you write is destined for greatness. Um, but uh, when I wrote it, it was it was the true story, as it was uh, in a reaction to being kicked out of clubs for pogo dancing when they when they started playing new wave music in, in the dying days of disco. So we'd hear uh, Blondie's Heart of Glass or uh, B-52's Rock Lobster and we'd get up in, on the dance floor and start jumping up and down and mm-hmm. 
banging off each other and the bouncers would kick us out because they thought we were fighting and just trying to start a fight. And so I went home and wrote this song, but uh, now it's kind of bigger than I am. It's kind of, it doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to everybody. Well, it, it is. It's like a worldwide hit. I listened to First Wave on Sirius XM and they still play that song with uh, pretty good regularity, actually. Yeah. So, so you still go to the mailbox and get checks for that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, nice. D- back to that, you know, again, you know, I, we've had this conversation with other songwriters and they say similar things that every song seems like the greatest one. But are there moments when you're writing something like this? Or maybe I should put it this way. When did it seem to you like, oh, this is something a bit more, a little bit unusual in terms of the reaction? Or has the reaction for the song built over the years? Well, it's kind of cross-generational now. Kind of we've, it, it, The song's been embedded in pop culture, you know, to, to such a degree that, uh, you know, songs like, I mean, shows like Glee brought the song to a whole new generation of, of of listeners and just i go to we play shows now and i see my original fans with their kids and sometimes their grandkids out there having fun so it's uh it's quite quite a great experience for me i always like pop goes the world too i know at cfny we played that yeah. quite a bit in mm-hmm. fact we probably met in the halls like of cfny you were around quite a bit in the 80s i was i was yeah. i was uh that was a hot spot. Yeah. You know, you talk about your fans, and again, we've had this conversation with other artists that have very identifiable... Yeah, I like this song too, by the way. Pop Goes the World. But very identifiable songs. And sometimes artists are haunted by them. You don't seem to be. And, and when you play Safety Dance in concert, is that something that you look forward to as well as the fans? I do, I do. Something like I said before, the song almost doesn't belong to me anymore. It's bigger than I am. It's it's bigger than the band. And uh, sometimes I feel like a, a museum curator going around presenting a, this musical artifact that brings incredible joy to people. So mm-hmm. That's the payoff for me. Is the is and they the all smiles. sing along with it, and they everyone knows the words. Yeah, it's got to be something. And, yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's awesome. And you're one of those guys that's been around for 40 years, so you've really seen the landscape change as far as distribution and uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, getting it out there and compensation and all those things that have yeah. changed in the industry. Mm-hmm. It's kind of come full circle almost because like, it's back to the Beatles putting you know the singles market. Yeah, it's kind of kind kind of how I view it now. That uh, it, it's interesting. It's it's a whole new whole new world. Hmm. And uh, what, I'm going to play a little bit of your new uh, music here. This is Men Without Hats, again, part two. Here's a little bit of what's going on. Wow. It's like Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> I love this. Well, that's just the intro. Sorry, let me play, uh, let me play the love inside your heart here.
Very, very good. Uh, Men Without Hats and their first original material release in 10 years, celebrating 40th anniversary. Here's a weird question. Uh, That song is so uh, iconic, let's say, uh, Safety Dance. Have you ever been on stage and forgotten... Like what comes what what either as a musician or as a vocalist have you ever gotten to the point like oh shit I have no idea what's coming next no uh, well with with that song the the fans will remind me that's for sure oh yeah you don't have the (laughs) lyrics on some kind of prompter downstage no I'm not uh, not at the Frank uh, Sinatra stage yet (laughs) okay (laughs) what's the strategy with it get it out of the way quick or save it for an encore or what. We actually played it twice. I got this this trick off uh, Wang Chung. Uh, okay. we, we were touring with them, and they played their hit, their biggest hit, right off the bat, and people freaked out. And so that's what we do now. We play Safety Dance right right when you get there. Wow. We have, right. two, we have two versions anyway. We, we play the short version to start off the show and play the long version to end it. So Speaking so of version, get there. do you have a version that's been recorded by somebody else that you like? Oh, tons. I, I, I think... Uh, It'll always be a Weird Al Yankovic. It's, it's, it's still a <laughs> oh, yeah. number number one in my books. So it's, uh, that was a great great tribute that he. Did I to guess, us. eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, does he call it the Safety Dance? It's called the Brady Bunch. He, he oh, does a right. Sort of, uh, he does a twist on uh, on on the Brady Bunch. Hold on a second. Let me stop that. Let me stop that if I can here. Here's Al Van- uh, Yankovic doing a version of your song. You can watch Mr. Rogers, you can watch Three's Company, and you can turn on fame or the newlywed game or the Adams Family. Say, you can watch Barney Miller, and you can watch your what, what's that phone call like uh, when you get a call from Weird Al Yankovic that wants to do a cover of your song and then he gives you the concept? That must have been interesting. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> through the roof. We can't, can't really explain it. Was it a phone call or did it come through your management? Did you actually speak to Al? No, I didn't speak to him. It came through the management. All right. Yeah, we were... Uh, quite stoked i guess because he's not only doing a, a great cover of the music but he does a pretty good impression of you oh yeah he's got all the all the yelps are yeah yeah and what about uh, the last couple of years covid wise uh and prior to covid were you guys touring fairly regularly we- Oh, yeah, we've been on the road for the last 10 years. We've actually gone to more places this time around than the first time we've, you know, we've been to South Africa, Australia, Peru, Scandinavia a couple of times. Yeah, we never, those are places we never, we we were stuck to, we stuck to North North America the first time around. We just, Mm -hmm. uh, we were working that one pretty hard. And they're calling for that song everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. No, yeah. that's that's one of the great things. They know yeah. they know the song. Everybody Fantastic. knows the song. You know, we've talked to some musicians, uh, you know, during COVID and now post, somewhat post-COVID. The problem with touring is that you need to make plans so far in advance, and then all of a sudden another variant pops up. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you guys planning now to tour in support of your latest? We are, but like you say, it's, it changes. It's still changing day by day so we uh, we've had some postponements already but uh, as far as uh, past couple years it didn't really change 
our plans because we we had already penciled in to take the time off to to do the record. We had we had already decided we were going to isolate ourselves on top of the mountain Malahat Mountain here on Vancouver Island, and uh, and we spent almost a year doing it. So uh, yeah, now we're just getting back out into into reality, and uh, it's uh, it still takes some some planning and logistics. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, it's good to see you. Yeah, man. It's funny, Men Without Hats. Again, that's the name from the past. And it really, it's pretty cool that you guys are still still at it and still uh, touring. Fantastic. Yeah, well, it's thanks to our fans, the people mm-hmm. who are listening to our music uh, are the ones that keep us out here. So, it's, does it is it weird? Because I'm, um, you know, there's I'm looking at there's the extended dance version. As you say, there's a bunch of cover tunes. But I, I, I uh, a couple of panels ago, I saw one streaming number next to the song was, I think, into the hundred and twenty millions of just that that one version. Is that does that seem weird to you now after all these years in the Canadian music scene to to look next to a song that you've written a long time ago that still is being you know streamed daily, thousands of people, thousands of times. Oh, I'm. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. When I, I'm, I'm a fan myself. So that's that's how I got into this business. And when I go back and uh, digitally create dig uh, through the internet and explore my past, my musical past of what I grew up listening to, I just, I just, I can't stop being thankful that I'm. People are still listening to me when I hear when I see the number of bands that you know tried to make it and didn't. And it's like you know, like the NHL. Like for every guy who makes it, a mm-hmm. billion don't. So yeah, and some good music. ones, and some good ones don't make it. Yeah, mm-hmm. pop, pop music's the kind of kind of the same way. There's so many factors involved in getting a hit. You know, there's so many right. pieces pieces of the puzzle that have to come together at the same time. That uh, I'm I'm extremely doubly blessed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and Howard and I are so fascinated by money. We are. Um, that's, <laughs> sure. We are. That song alone, did that provide a living? Like, honestly. Because so popular, played around the world, like, consistently. Howard talks about the streams. Like, Yeah, well, I've never had to get a part-time job, so that's... Yeah, no, so a, a life changer, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and interesting, too, because that song came out at a time where artists, and, you know, we could have this discussion another time about artists being remunerated in a different way than streams. I mean, you can have 100 million streams of a song and it not make you the kind of money that you would have had back in the days of Canadian airplay and then airplay around the world. But it is interesting to know that one day you wrote a song and that song is paid for your house and you're living on Vancouver Island and, you know, good for you. Well, thank you. If you want to ask us about our personal financial information, just go right ahead. You know, no, we're, okay. we're men in our 60s. <laughs> now we're doing a podcast. This is what we decided to do for our retirement. Uh, Ivan, here's the, uh, the, the Glee version. This is the one that was one of the most popular television shows at the time. And then one day you get the Glee check for the song. If people want to find out more about Men Without Hats, the 2022 version, where would you like us to send them? Go to safetydance.com and uh, you'll be uh, re-roted uh, wherever you want to go there. There's 
records to be bought and uh, videos to be watched and stories to be read. So well, safetydance.com. Thanks, Ivan. Thanks, Ivan. Thanks for taking mm-hmm. some time this morning. Great to yes. hear that uh, you're still going strong and and uh, we certainly appreciate your time from Vancouver Island today. Yeah. Take it easy. Thanks, Take you. Guys. Take Peace care, out. my All right. friend. There's uh, Ivan. Look at him. You know, that's a weird thing about our career. Like, we've done nothing that will provide income and live on after we're done. Thanks, right. Ivan. Just let yourself out there, bud. Okay. Thank Another you. Thing. Thanks, man. Another thing that... Uh, see Ivan in that hat? How good he looks. Yeah. In that, just that, whatever you call that, that's sort of a toukish, floppy, toukish thing. Imagine if I, one morning you turn the camera on, I'm wearing that. How ridiculous it would look. But I, I wear, would love that. <laughs> he, he wears it and he's like, just cool. I think you call it. Must be nice. I think that's a uh, floppy beret. I, think I, I don't know. I just think I'm going to start. I think that look is for people who don't know what we're talking about. It sort of looks like a beret, but it sort of flops over almost like a, a, an, yeah. a, a Dickensian sleeping yeah. cap. I think you could certainly rock the floppy beret. Yeah. If I put that on, you'd go, what, were you in Delisa's closet or something? <laughs> um, hey, speaking of covers, I learned this the other day. You probably know it. You know the song Tainted Love by Soft Cell? Yes. It's a cover. It's a cover. I didn't know that. I honestly didn't know that. Gloria Jones, 1964. I, I, honest, I didn't know that was a cover. For all these years, there here I was giving them credit for that song. Mm. Um, I got to tell you, too, I didn't know this. I must have read it in the same place you did, because I, I didn't know until recently either that it was a cover. And now no, I'm trying to find the, the original. Well, it doesn't matter. I just, everybody knows what it sounds like. Yeah, but the original is, uh, oh, Gloria, did you say Gloria Jones, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, this is 1960s style. That's good, huh? Um, we played this song maybe not as much as Song 2 by Bloor, but pretty close. Uh, you mm-hmm. Humble and Fred, you know, fans from the 90s would have heard us play Soft Cell going into news a bunch of times uh, to make uh, room for all the hilarity. Yeah, both versions, eh? That Gloria Jones, can you imagine that back in 64? That would yeah. It's just a great song. It is a great song. I know a lot of people get tired of Tainted Love, have become tired of Tainted Love, but... People are... (laughs) Who knows what's going on with people nowadays? We got uh, people. People. We got movie stars slapping comics. We got you ever t- fantasize that the, <laughs> you know you get up one morning and me and you are the only people on earth? Oh yeah, that's just my do fantasy. whatever we want. Be yeah. the, you know what I mean? It'd be great. Yeah, you and your floppy just, beret, <laughs> <laughs> walking around in your floppy beret. Mm-hmm. Me just yelling at nothing. Nobody pissing us off. Oh exactly yeah, it's a we want. big fantasy. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> hey, uh, everybody. Uh, this program is brought to you by. 
the very fine folks at GoDaddy. You know, no credit cards even required to get your website started for free. GoDaddy.ca is where you learn more about how to get your domain, create a website, and everything you need to get your business online. There's no better time. Hey, listen, before everything goes to, you know, uh, hell and Fred and I are the only two people left on planet Earth. uh, With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, uh, bring it to life and get 24-7 phone support. They're also there to help you every step of the way. As I mentioned, no credit cards required. If you go right now to GoDaddy.ca and learn more, why don't you? Hey everybody, Bodog. You can play all the major sports. In fact, you could pretty much play anything at Bodog. It's the place to go for, you know, your gaming uh, interests. Uh, tonight, your Toronto Maple Leafs in Boston. Oh, big game for the Leafs. The Bruins have been hot lately. Can the Maple Leafs measure up? They're a slight uh, underdog. Yes, the Leafs are in Boston tonight. Uh, Leafs pay $110 to win the over-under. Six goals on that game. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a big test for your leafers tonight. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Mm-hmm. Um. I got. I just sent a note to Dan Duran's uh, ready for news when he is. But before Dan Duran's news, maybe we should take this time since people are very excited mm-hmm. to find out what went on. Hi, hold hi, on, hold hi, on, hi, hold hi, on. Hi, All right, Dan. There we go. Everyone wants to know about the dinner, and that was one of the uh, things that came up in our hi, guys. in our emails. Uh, do you want to get to that? dinner question first because i don't have it in front of me here uh darlene right at the top there hi guys hope you guys had a nice dinner uh the other night you finally decided what to order maybe you should have taken odds on both <laughs> of course the calamari was grilled or we'll be hearing all about the uh this on uh, monday show uh, we were hoping you could uh, please pass along our birthday wishes to dan durand and the man uh thanks guys have a great weekend this is the baldwin sisters so yes, we can uh, go through the meal. Yeah, and uh, on the same mm-hmm. the same thing. This was from uh, I mentioned this yesterday. Robert McGeechee. By the way, Dan, the Baldwin sisters say uh, happy birthday to you. Oh, that's nice of the Baldwin sisters. Uh, Robert McGeechee said, "Hey guys, I'm really looking forward to the five part in depth mini docu series breaking down the dinner <laughs> last week. It will be riveting." And uh, I'll just say, uh, I thought overall it went very nicely. It was very pleasant, very laid back. It was a cool vibe, great restaurant. Food was great. It really was. Um, stayed for an appropriate amount of time. You know, it was around three hours. It's a good amount of time for people. Were we there three hours? Yeah, man. Oh, my god. It goodness. was quarter to ten when we said goodbye to you in the parking lot. Wow. Fantastic. Uh, I think the only time I my only misstep was about 15 minutes earlier uh, after we got the check, after we'd had our after dinner drinks, after we had our tea, after we had our coffee, after everything. I think I said something like, oh, well, this has been great. And you looked at me and went, okay, it's not over yet or something. I said, well, I've got a you know 45 minute drive home. And you went, well, suck it up. <laughs> I'm like, OK, <laughs> all right. Two beer, Fred. Do you want to slap me in the face? 
I, w- I was going to ask you, do you think I was too abrupt with the waitress at that calamar- calamari moment? Because I, she came by and I said, I have to ask you the calamari. Is it grilled or is it uh, breaded or lightly dusted? Yeah, lightly breaded. So yeah. There's a very light dust on it. Yeah. And I said, well, no, I'm not interested then. I only like mine grilled. And she tried to talk me into it. And she said, well, I don't know. She said, yeah, I'm the same way, but the calamari, uh, it's just lightly dusted. And, and I really like it. And she said, you should try it or something. And I said, listen, at 20 bucks a pop. Yes, you know, that's right. I said, yeah. Yeah, I don't, twenty bucks a pop. I'm not taking any chances. No, I think you said I, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, either you said take a chances or something. I did twenty bucks a pop. I don't want to experiment. Okay. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want an experiment. It was one uh, of those things where I was trying to be a bit funny, but then I thought, ooh, maybe that sounded a bit sharp. Did, well, did uh, only in that she left in tears. I thought, you oh, know, okay. she. <laughs> that was my only indication you'd overstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, though, I thought that very pleasant. You know, Rachel and Doll and you. I, you know, I'm not uh, the best at humor, human interaction, but I, so I went through all. I said, oh, I thought, you know, good stuff. Hey, how are the grandkids? You know, all the stuff mm-hmm. you say to people. And then at yeah. the end, at the end, it was a bonus. Doll gave Rachel and I both our own jar of granola <laughs> and uh, that was a super highlight for me and then we spent the entire weekend arguing whose granola we should use I said use your own granola because uh, sometimes Rachel will take my granola I don't like it but anyway uh, let's go through the menu what we had because um, I know everyone wants to know okay well it's pretty simple you go first well, I rejected the uh, oh, yeah. calamari. And, and, and made Again, a moment. I, honestly, I wasn't going to take any chances, so oh, I yeah. got the ahi tuna. It's called something else, but you know the you know the uh, yeah. the raw tuna with that is slightly grilled on the outside. It was absolutely delicious. It came with this really interesting sauce. Very, very nice. I can't remember uh, what a I gener- had. A generous portion. Yeah, what did I have? What was my appetizer? Did I have the same thing as you? No. No, you had the... Uh, I don't know. I, I forget. Uh, uh, we, remember I can't remember. No, I, I know we both had the uh, rack of lamb, which was amazing. Although, uh-huh. I mean, I'm just calling it as I see it. First thing Rachel said, or I noticed that your portion was slightly bigger than mine. <laughs> <laughs> was it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a little concerned. Delise had the soup as an appetizer. I got right. that. So I mean, that was my. I'm concerned. You can't even remember what appetizer you had. Well, I'm going to find out now. I think I'm. I I don't know. I what? think I had uh, dinner here. Uh, soup? No. Romaine hearts? Did I have romaine hearts? No. No. Scallops? No, I, I had the scallops. The scallops. The scallops. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I had the scallops. I had the uh, rack of lamb. But Who ordered uh, the rack of lamb first? Or decided on it first? And then did, uh, then. We both arrived pretty much determined that's what we were going to have. Oh. And so I did. had, mine was medium rare, and I said lean to the rare side. And it, as she did, or they did, the chef did, and it was excellent. I just loved that. It was just a li- like just beyond cooked. My only uh, concern about the rack of lamb, beside the fact that my portion was tiny, uh, is I you know I never know in the rack of lamb process when you're supposed to go from eating it with your knife and fork to transitioning to taking it you know in your hand and eating it off the bone. And I did that first, and I was a little bit nervous. I'm like, oh, I got to waste oh, Patterson. First? Yes, I took it up oh, and started no. chewing it. 
And I thought, is Patterson going to also use his hands or am I going to be the only one? And will I get talked to later and told not to use your hands in a restaurant like that? I don't know. But I just started gnawing on it. And then I was so happy. Excuse me. When you did. Well, I look at it this way. No, I cut into it at the beginning. Because yes. Remember who was sitting across the table from me. If it was had been just maybe just you and I in the restaurant, maybe right from the beginning, I would pick it up. Like, because when you're you're at a place and they have hors d'oeuvres and sometimes the, the lamb, the lamb lollipops, right? You yeah, exactly. And eat them. So you're tempted to do that. But in a restaurant sitting down, I cut mine. But I'll tell you, $47 for that entree. I'm gnawing on that bone. I'm sorry. Eventually, well, I'm I agree on that bone, but it took, I was a bit nervous for a second or two because I'm, I'm gnawing I'm, and well, because I uh, mine were so tiny, I got to the bone first, and mm-hmm. I'm like, man, he better. I don't want to see him like trying because Rachel will do that. She'll she would never have picked that up. Mm-hmm. She would not pick the the lamb up and start gnawing on it like you and I. But I was very happy you did. The other thing I noticed, I don't know if you did, um, is that I got done my entree before everybody. And I was, again, waiting for you because I thought, well, he usually eats as fast as I do. But what happened was you, Doll, and Rachel were talking about some travel, and I was just kind of listening and eating. And so I got done first. But I was like, oh, God, here I go again. I'm like, literally everything in my plate, just nothing left. And you were so still... So now you had to kill time? I had to kill... Well, I was just trying to, like... <laughs> I just kept picking up the bone. Je- Every once in a while, just because I, I, I was sort of conscious of the fact that everyone else had a lot of food left, and I was done. See, I, I, I didn't even notice that. I wouldn't. Well, you were that. telling some of your stories. No, I know. Your, As a fast eater, though, I don't notice if somebody else has finished before. Like, yeah. you, know, I, you know, my argument is I'm, when I sit down, I'm sitting down to eat, so I'm going to eat, you know? Mm. And then you, you get sidetracked, like maybe I did that night. Maybe the last few bites were cold. <laughs> We're going out for dinner. We're not going out to chat. Well, necessarily. That's what I was. I was yeah. again. You guys had this conversation about travel going, and I, during that, I didn't say much. I just was eating my, you know, tiny portion rack of lamb, and then uh, I was done. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, this is going to be one of those things where, oh, you know, Howard, uh, mm-hmm. Doll had the steak, Rachel had the halibut, and then Doll ordered some creme brulee. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, okay. We all had a little taste of that. It was pretty good. Doll makes it. You know, that's one of those things that in a restaurant, she said it was good. But Doll makes a creme brulee that's really good. Uh, so it's one of those things you're always sort of comparing. A, a, a lot like the granola. I mean, there's good granolas out yeah. there, but they're, they're not as good as hers. I'll tell, tell Doll this, though. If I'd have known she had granola in the in the car outside, mm-hmm. I would have asked her to go get it, and then I would have asked the restaurant to give me a bowl of milk. Just give me some milk. So <laughs> I would have saved 47 bucks. <laughs> that could have yeah. your entree. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> You're not having an entree, sir? No, I'm just going to eat this granola. Faster than everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but so it was we really don't good. encourage that behavior in our restaurant. But it is, you know what was cool about that restaurant? Part of the experience? Leaving and looking back at it. Yeah, it's an interesting structure, it's, yeah. The old farmhouse it, looking thing. Yeah. And just the way it's sort of into the side of the hill there. And have you been there, Dan, to that one? To No. No, I'm not. No, you'd okay. love it. It's very Dan Duran-esque. It's an old uh, sort of style. It's right next to that restaurant you and I and Darren, everybody had, you know. And yeah, I really lunch. loved, 
as you're leaving, going in, I didn't notice it as much, but leaving the Glen Tavern, the actual bar, just, I, I love the, the, just the feel, the vibe, and I thought, pretty cool. If you live in Glen Williams, nice little local if you just want to go and have a bar and shoot the shit with somebody. Mm-hmm. Really neat. Really, really neat. Okay, so overall, we give that experience a good one, you know, and you know, no one, no one got the, other than yelling at the waitress, no one got their feelings hurt, and uh, she was very no. pleased at the end of the meal. She told us some stories, and I would say that it's a small restaurant. Most people, including us, I think we all walked in with our masks on, took no, them off. Didn't. You didn't? Well, we did. We took them off the table, and then I, when I got up to go to the bathroom, you know, which I do all the time now, mm-hmm. um, I didn't wear it walking to the washroom, but... We were talking before the show how we've sort of noticed going into venues now, mostly grocery stores. Most people, most people are still wearing their masks. Uh, the other day, uh, yeah, when we went there, I looked through the window and I thought, oh, it's not many people in there, so I didn't put it on. I had it in my back pocket. Unlike you, I don't have to piss every five minutes, so I didn't even go to the bathroom. <laughs> I know. I didn't, I didn't actually get to check out the bathroom. Oh, yeah. I had to pee when I got there. I had to pee halfway through. Probably had to go before we left. I think I did go. Maybe in the parking lot. I thought, the parking lot, I was thinking, am I going to be able to get home? Mm-hmm. I don't have a leak. And by the way, I got home and I did the math. 17% is what I tipped. Okay. You know, our conversation last week, yeah, we'll go the 15, and then a lot of people now are expecting 20. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Uh, and I quickly did it in my mind, you know, the the price before tax. And then I'm coming home thinking, boy, did I leave enough? And then I figured it out to 17%. Mm-hmm. Better than 15? Not as good as 20, better than 15. Right? Sure. Figure it out. Uh-huh. And do you, do you do the calculation on whether or not you're paying tip on tax? No. I always, I always pay on before tax. Oh. Mm-hmm. Why? So the tip I'm not going to tip them tax. on tax. No, Dan, you knew. He doesn't tip on tax. tax. Come on. Mm-hmm. What the hell are you talking yeah. about? Uh, anyway, we're, we, we don't get paid by the Glen Tavern. We just tell you, if you're in that area, it's Georgetown. Uh, we mentioned it's a restaurant. The same people that own this restaurant in Toronto, a very famous place called Scaramouche, which I've only been to once. But this one's Scatabouche. It's not Scat. Yeah, different. <laughs> They're not paying Although us. Although Scatabouche is good. Scatabouche? Yeah. Scat- Isn't that it? Yeah, it's not, I don't know. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. Doesn't it's matter. The that, yeah. They're not paying us anymore, but they're good too. Mm hmm. Anyway. Um, and, you know, be prepared. It's not cheap. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not, it's cheap. not cheap. It's not cheap, but we are. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Dan Duran, are you uh, prepared? Are, are, unless, listen, you're the news guy. Do you have any other questions for us about this dinner that we had? I think it's pretty much been covered uh, to its uh, fullest extent. Uh, unless uh, Dull, I was curious if Dull made any kind of uh, uh, note to Fred to calm down on his conversational topics or uh, his eating habits or anything else. Where you're, no. No. Good. No. Oh, that was a great night. It sounds no, it was. I'll tell you, even Rachel. Like I usually, you know, there's a couple things I, I was worried again I, that I ate too fast. I also sometimes worry that I have food on me, and she doesn't yes. like that. Mm-hmm. So I made. A, <laughs> she doesn't. There was a couple of moments where she even reached across the table and held my hand. And I thought, oh, I'm being a good boy. I'm a good boy. 
And uh, the ride home, I didn't get any kind of like, okay, remember that time when you said that? That was I didn't get any of that, which is great. Oh, it was fantastic. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, wow. that is a great question, Dan. Uh, and now okay, one, the, one last question. Oh, yes. When you, saw, when you saw each other, were you surprised by how, because you hadn't seen each other in person for months, right? Months and months. And you've lost a little weight, Howard. And- uh, we both lost some weight. Yeah, Fred, I'm, yeah. yeah. What, what were you saying? Were we surprised by how thin and handsome we look now? Honestly, I don't. I didn't like, you know. Yeah, I. <laughs> I don't know. I, I yeah. Howard come in and I we you know it was sort of dark and we sat down. I really my mind really didn't go there a lot. I just mm. be, yeah. We talked about our our new thing and how many calories there are in a rack of lamb. Mm. That was about the extent. Oh of yeah, we were like comparing noom notes. It was quite <laughs> something. <laughs> Um, all right, Dan, without further okay. delay, here we go. No. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And Dan Duran's news today, brought to you by Health Gauge. Get the Health Gauge Phoenix. It's what we're wearing. You should, too. If you're worried about uh, your calories, your, your pulse wave velocity, heart rate variability, and so much more. These are things that you can use to keep track of your day-to-day health. Uh, whether it's the steps or the steps to your doctor's office, go to healthgauge.com, put in the promo code HUMBLEFREDHG for 15% off uh, at checkout. It's a great deal to start with. 15% off makes it an amazing deal, a way for you uh, to uh, be aware of your day-to-day health and also some uh, great uh, shareables. No, that's not quite the word, but a great way to share data and health information with the people that are taking care of you. Take care of yourself with the Health Gauge Phoenix now at Humble, uh, now at HealthGauge.com. Humble Fred HG for 15% off now. With Humble Fred does. Head down to wrap. In news about Ukraine, peace negotiators claim they were poisoned. Joe Rogan offered to train Elon Musk for a Putin smackdown for the country, I guess. And, uh, hey, if you're looking for a new conspiracy theory to try on, check this one out. Because someone spotted a firefighter wearing gear with Edmonton on the jacket. Don Lemon must be faking his war hits and really is in Edmonton. The uh, the real story, of course, is, is this, that uh, Edmonton, home of about 160,000 people of Ukrainian heritage, which I know, I grew up mm-hmm, there, yeah. uh, has, a, uh, has a charity that's been donating gear to the Ukraine. Firefighter Aid Ukraine has been doing this for over a decade. So, of course, on the Twitter sphere, here you see CNN equals fake news. CNN makes a fire in Edmonton, Canada, resemble attacks in Lviv, Ukraine. However, the images clearly show firefighter uniforms of Edmonton written on the back. Another example of why you shouldn't trust the MSM. Yeah. Uh, on that note, do you guys ever watch Jon Stewart, The Problem? Yep. I, I've watched it. I don't watch it regularly. Well, watch one called The Media. Mm. And yeah. off the top, he goes out. He calls Tucker Carlson an idiot, which I like. But he makes it, uh, you know, plain and clear right off the top. You know, I'm not. This isn't. I'm not going to spend the next hour 
ragging out on right-wing media, but he sort of goes after CNN and MSNBC. And, you know, when you respect him, you come away going, "Mm, yeah, maybe I should just open my eyes a little bit more to a few things that are going on media-wise. Do yourself a favor. If you have access, check it out. What Fair point up. is uh, interesting? I what point does he make about <clears throat> MS uh, the mainstream media, but particularly those guys? Well, the, the way they handled number one, the Mueller report. They started out by saying, hey, a lot of this stuff is done privately and everything, so everybody's got to hold on, you know, you know, wait for this thing to come out because a lot of the information we don't find out about, it's kept secret. And then it showed all along the way they were blowing it way out of proportion, making predictions about it that were totally unfounded. And um, it was just a, at the end, it was almost like a limp dick presentation, you know, of what was what it actually was and. It, it, it was a bit of an eye-opener. It was. And, you know, they're all guilty of it. And I, I think we can assume, you know, that he didn't do Fox because that's just a lost cause. And we all know that. It was like, you know, you have to look at all forms of media. They sure. all, because of this ratings game, because of this revenue game, they have to uh, blow things out of proportion. Well, it's social yeah. media, but also uh, the minute by minutes they talk about. So, like, you can tell uh, with the ratings which which viewers left or stayed for whatever stories. Yeah. yeah. So, so that influences this kind of stories they put out there. You know, the, well, I was going to say it was always it, it's always been that way. We just didn't notice it until there was so much. So, you know, when there was only three networks, you go, of course, they're they're obviously going for the stories that are the most provocative so that you'll stay to find out more. I heard this described the other day, not by Jon Stewart, but of course, no matter what the media is, their job is to create a sense that you need to watch it or you will miss out on vital information that may save your life. And that's really the bottom line for all of that media. And so I don't fault them. It's just they're doing what they're they're following the playbook no and unless your head's up your ass you know that that's what it's all about now yes like and even after watching john stewart this week when i have put cnn cnn on i've looked in at it in a different way and believe me they're head and shoulders above fox i mean that's not even a conversation in my world but it does make you appreciate you know what it's all about and that's what it's all about you know as dan said the minute by minute thing you know when you're watching something from ukraine and somebody's doing a report and then they they turn the camera to show you a burnt out car and then they describe no look at this car it's burnt out it must have taken a bomb and it's like well i can see burnt out cars in south side of chicago you know what i mean it's like yeah i know it's all sort of that sensationalism in the moment let's show something bad you know for many years we were and this is a it's going to be a while, this analogy. But for a long time, our radio ratings were ballot-driven. That means somebody had to yeah. write down, mostly by memory, because they, they, want they wanted you to fill out these ballots as you were listening to the radio, but no one ever did. Well, mostly, they were filled out by the, the, the mom and the family at the end of the week trying to remember what everyone listened to. And that was an antiquated mm-hmm. system. But one thing about that system, it, it was good in that... It was what either they were trying to remember or it wasn't reacting to the minute by minute, which is PPM. And that's what happened later in our careers is that these people meters came into being and radio consultants and programmers could then tell the type of talk that was making an impression on people. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And what they did is that's why they cut down almost all talk. Because, of course, when radio DJs talk in between songs, people tune out because they want to be there for the songs. Mm. But they interpret it interpreted that as well now we just don't talk anymore but you got to believe that's changing now right because the songs are available everywhere else so why would you tune in the radio other than to hear the guy talk but i mean that's a conversation for another time but you know they even talked about it in on the problem about the nielsen method and a guy talked about that about when the his family used to get Nielsen ballots all the time. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the thing is it would sit there all week and then it would be like, oh, we didn't do that. Oh, and then you'd be trying to, what was I listening, watching last Tuesday at 8 o'clock? Mm-hmm. Just revealing the inaccuracy, inaccuracies of the of the system. Well, and I, I was going to, I didn't want to get into it, but we, we weren't, mm-hmm. we didn't benefit from that system because at the time we were an 18 to 34 year old radio right. show and eight and male oriented, not necessarily exclusively though, but and 27 year old males weren't filling out that ballot. If they were still living at home, their mom was, mm-hmm. and she didn't have a lot of time for humble and Fred's nonsense. Um, right. Dan Duran. Yes. Uh, we interrupt this newscast. Yes. For some breaking news from, breaking the, news. from the chamber plan. And we have uh, Brett Tanner standing by. So we're going to have to have you come back and wrap the news up. Okay. Sounds good. I'll it be does, back you, well, I can't wait. Yeah. So there's more Dan Duran news till to come. In the meantime, um, this is going to be kind of cool because uh, for a long time, you know, we've been associated with Brett Tanner. There he is, chamber plan. Brett's the regional director for the chamber plan and uh brett welcome to the show and as a longtime supporter of our program and of course we love the chamber plan welcome and fred what's cool now is brett has brought his own guest yeah that's fantastic <laughs> so well I'll, I'll tell you what we'll welcome shandy mclean vice president of arete is that how you pronounce it arete 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 but brett why don't you do the real formal introduction? The whole thing's going to be fantastic. Thanks, Howard. Uh, happy to bring in uh, one of one of our suppliers and, and obviously uh, integral part of our plan, uh, Vice President of Arete, uh, Shandy McLean. Uh, Arete provides our uh, HR resources through our Healthy Business Bookmark and our business assistance service with the plan as well as our employee assistance program. And I thought it would be kind of kind of interesting for the uh, sort of listeners to sort of hear about some of the areas that uh, obviously the small businesses, uh, you know, and mid-sized companies that use the plan have been accessing, um, you know, during during COVID and, and over the last two or three years, uh, you know, with the current environment. And, and Shandy's got all that sort of information at her fingertips. So I'll pass it over to Shandy. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, we're so delighted to be part of the plan because oh, we, though we know Chambers' plan and Canadian business owners are very resilient people. In fact, you just need to be in business. Uh, the last few years have been so incredibly challenging and we've really seen that in the plan and we've been thankful that these sort of supports exist because, um, as Brett said, we have uh, one of our products is called a business assistance services. And so these small businesses who are grappling with the constant changes in the rules and the legislation, um, the public health guidelines, they were able to 
call us for lots of guidance around HR uh, stuff in particular. So layoffs, terminations, bringing people back to work, uh, eventually rehiring, which was exciting to see, uh, and then everything in between. Uh, we also, outside of HR, the other most popular uh, area that they accessed in that sort of suite of services was legal advice because mm-hmm. we did see a lot of groups trying to navigate, you know, lease changes, uh, changing the way that their workplace, maybe they weren't going to have an office building anymore for a while, those kinds of things. And then more recently, although the demand wasn't as high, oddly, during the, the height of the pandemic, we're seeing a great demand on financial guidance now. So as groups are trying to recover and work through things like tax strategies and understanding the impacts of all the different government programs, we're seeing a great demand there. So we definitely saw that uh, people were feeling challenged, but they reached out and remembered what they had in their plan. And we had a very high volume of calls for those areas. You know, this is what's amazing about the Chamber Plan, and that's why on a daily basis we say go there and find out what it's all about. And, I mean, and, you know, the cost is, you know, manageable for small business, but what's inside, what's available, even some of this stuff is a surprise to me today, I'll be honest with you, which it just shows top to bottom what a great plan this is and what is available. Yeah, one of the things uh, that we really saw people remember, or I guess we're quite thankful for, and we were working at record speed mm-hmm. to get it up because it was changing so fast, was things like sample policies uh, and things that could be used, groups that were grappling with vaccination and return to work wow. or, you know, new employment contracts. Small businesses don't know how, to, often, if they don't know how, they don't have the time to sit down and tr- wade through all of that or may not have their own HR expert on their team. And so they were able to come to a website that's also part of that plan and find all those samples that could be really easily adjusted for their use, but created in Canada by Canadian HR experts. So we saw a lot of uptake there as well. Uh, I agree with Fred. You know, we, we've been a small business ourselves now for about a quarter of our careers the last 10 years. And that's, I don't know, you, you don't know our history with Brett, but we were clients of the Chamber Plan before Chamber Plan were clients of ours. And as Freddie just said, you know, you know, it, sometimes we, we think to the audience, maybe the audience is tired of, oh, who wants to hear about insurance? But as you pointed out, Freddie, there's so much to this. There's so much help inside the Chamber Plan that's just, that goes beyond dental and all the sort of standard things you can get from a benefits plan. Shandy, you, you point out some of the other aspects, not the least of which is some health for mental health, help for mental health inside of the suite of things that you guys offer. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have a, an employee assistance program where the hours that you access are shared in your family because we know that things that happen at home and things that happen at work slip over into each other's areas. Uh, so it's really important to support folks in, in all in all areas. Uh, one of the things we saw interesting during the EAP, and we've been doing this for a very long time, but in the so the beginning of COVID, we saw a real drop off in people accessing mental health supports. And we think it, now in retrospect, it was due to people grappling with keeping food on the table, you know, being able to afford their rent, uh, doing homeschooling for kids. Uh, so they really put their mental health on the back burner for a while. And mm-hmm. what we've seen now, unfortunately, is that by the time people are reaching out to access counseling through us, they're far more sick. So the issues are more complex and they're mm-hmm. far less well. And so we're really thankful, like Chambers Plan has a generous plan for making sure that people can get the counseling supports they need when they need it. Uh, we also saw some interesting things happen. One might expect, of course, that you know video counseling became a really common thing during during the, the pandemic. But what we're seeing now is a real resurgence in demand for in-person counseling. And we've even had other clients come to us through the Chamber's plan 
coming to you know Arete as the provider because they went so far down the road that they only had virtual counseling because that there was a real resurgence in that but then they've had people say you know virtual doesn't work for me I live at home I had to move back in with my parents mm-hmm. I have no place to do a confidential counseling session um, and so we're really seeing now a hybrid evolve where we're seeing a high demand for in-person sessions maybe mixed in there with some virtual counseling when it's hard to get scheduled or you don't have the time to go to a session so that's exciting to see because people are getting what they need the way they need it. Um, but we're also sort of seeing some real service trends, I guess, when we look each quarter and each month, what's happening across our whole group of, of chamber plan members and other insurance clients. Uh, you know, there's a lot of key sort of key things that are showing up, lots of anxiety, and that's, that's across all age groups, lots of depression. Um, really what struck me is the amount of relationship challenges that emerged over the pandemic, and that shouldn't be a surprise, but uh, we really saw a lot of couples relationship challenges relationships with families, uh, parents and and children, adult children at times because of all the mixing of those households. Uh, And then, of course, things like uh, addictions and grief and bereavement. There was a lot to to be worried about this last couple of years. Um, But there is a lot of resilience. So we're seeing a lot of people get good problem resolution because they access counseling. People are doing better after and we're really excited to see those outcomes. Well, that's so valuable because the sort of the government, depending on the government for mental health you know, attention is rough. I mean, they can't handle it. And I was reading a report last week, like 40% of people under, under 40, where we're at with COVID now, are suffering some degree of mental health. You know, they their lives have changed dramatically through this, and it's not feeling good right now. No. And well, one of the things that um, Chambers Plan did, which we haven't spoken mm-hmm. about, but it's really exciting, is they really identified that there's some unique risks from social isolation and loneliness that yes. come. Mm-hmm. Um, and that pre-existed the pandemic, but it really was heightened during the pandemic. And so they've made available this product that we partnered with called Hugger, Hugger Authentic Connections. And it's an app that allows people to sort of track their mental health status. Uh, it was really based on lived experience combined with research. So a gentleman named Scott went through a really challenging... He's a small business owner in Canada and went through a really tough time with uh, depression. And while he was off work on a leave, he found that he needed to track everything that was happening, his moods, his activities, his medication, and he wanted to know how they all interacted together. But while he was busy doing all that work, he also realized he needed to stay connected to his family and his friends and his p- business partner mm-hmm. and found that very onerous. And so he created, uh, when he returned to work and, and was doing well, they sort of shifted gears and focused on creating this app that allows you to share your mental health experience where you're at, how mm-hmm. you're feeling with people who are trusted and caring supports for you. And so it's really all about helping people who are feeling lonely and isolated during their mental health journey to stay connected to people who care. And so we're seeing really good um, interest in that app. And it's just an additional piece that the Chambers Plan wanted to make available because it's been tough and we don't really fully understand yeah. the impact well, of isolation. You know, you know right. listen, I mean, the, the Brett and I and Fred have been in business, you know, uh, a long time. And, and you're now uh, bringing to light something. And I used, like what Fred said about 40%. Listen, we, there's always been mental health issues. What we're hearing, and you, this is a great conversation today, because when somebody like Arete and the Chamber Plan makes it a focus and, and a priority, what that shows is that it's an employee-driven plan in so many ways. And as you said, Freddie, we're finding out, we find out all the time. We, we had, we've had so many conversations, Shandy, about the 
you know, the travel uh, insurance part of the chamber plan. Like, it's amazing. But now here we have some great stuff in the HR space. I hate saying that, but it's it's true. Mm-hmm. So if, if in the last couple of seconds here, Brent, um, Brad, do you want to pop back in? And is there anything that we missed or a highlighting from uh, Shandy and uh, our friends at Arete? I think uh, I think Shandy's covered a lot of the things. You know, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of these resources are part of the basic chamber plan. And, and the only sort of uh, additional cost item is, is the employee assistance EAP. And EAP, regardless of what carrier you're with, is an inexpensive part to add to any benefit plan. It's typically less than $5 per employee per month and provides all that additional sort of mental health uh, resources. And the num- number one area of, you know, add-ons that we've run into in the last, say, 10 years has been the EAP area where people are looking to have that you know, it's kind of a buzzword is mental health, mental well-being, but um, it's more than that. Pe- people get more productivity out of their employees. If, if you're a business owner, if the employees are able to deal with some of their issues, they tend to be at work more. They tend to be more productive. Sure. All those things mm-hmm. sort of, uh, you know, um, circle each other and sort of work together. It's interesting yeah. that businesses, and I guess that's the point I was trying to make, that businesses have made this uh, employee assistance program style benefit which, as you say, is very, very inexpensive. Businesses have made that more of a priority than, say, when we all started off years ago, when you didn't want, when mental health wasn't in the same category as a physical illness. Shandy McLean, thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed this. We've loved meeting you. I, nice to meet. And Brett, look at you with your own guests now. Pretty soon, you're going to have a show. Uh, from any, any more, if there's more information needed, where would you like people to go? Well, they can find most of the resources again at chamberplan.ca. Okay. And uh, if if they just have questions about it, they could talk to a local advisor, which again they can find right on the website. Just enter their postal code. Okay. And uh, it's really easy to access somebody, and and they can just start with questions about what does the plan include. Well, I'll tell you, I've had. Uh, you can ask our buddy Rod Johnson, who's our advisor. I've had a few people reach out to me recently, and I've put them together because they're hearing what people hear about the Chambers Plan, and in Shandy, in this case, the Employee Assistance Program makes this makes so much sense for small businesses, and a lot of our listeners are, listeners are small business owners. Thank you, Shandy. I hope that was a good experience for you. Yes, thanks so much for having me. Okay, I only say thanks, that Shandy. because sometimes people like come away from the show going, well, that was weird. But uh, <laughs> hopefully it was good for you. Take care. Brett, we'll talk to you soon. Listen, I'm looking forward to being at your event again. I Just promise me no one's going to come up and slap me. Not this time. <laughs> I was going to say, I've done some stuff. I've, I've mm. already hosted some stuff for Brett. There was one time I think that guy did want to slap me. Anyway, we, uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Shandy. Thanks, BT. Thanks, guys. There you go. Everybody, take care. That is Bye. fascinating, too, though. That You know, listen, I had some, <laughs> I've had, uh, you know, everyone knows I've suffered from some mental health issues, and it wasn't until, uh, you know, quite late in my career that I uh, had a boss suggest I go see somebody. Wish that had happened sooner. Uh, anyway, uh, good yeah, stuff there. About, oh, Christ. That would have been, what, around 2000? Mm, yeah, late 90s, when I really freaked out. It's when I... Christ, because I, I could have told you that in 1991. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to talk about what I still have some I questions about what happens if we wake up and it's just you and I left on the planet. I've got some uh, mm. I'm not sure what we're going to do. I'm going to have to have uh, relations with animals at that point. Yeah. 
you know, that was very interesting. And again, about the chamber plan, and uh, you know, forget promoting it as a sponsor. It's just this whole mental health aspect. You know, it's you know, they say you know, hospitalization. What happens today? You won't see it in hospitalizations for a week or two, or. Uh, it's sort of like that with mental health, as she described it. You know, during the heat of this thing, when people are scrambling to, you know, save their lives uh, financially, mm-hmm. you put your mental health on the back burner. Now that things have sort of settled down, now that's sort of bubbling to the top. And, uh, you know, going forward, it's that it's going to be that pick your poison thing. Do we want to deal with a thousand deaths and 20,000 mental health cases or like it's it's so complex no i understand uh, but you know the, from that that aspect we're far from out of it too believe me oh yeah and mm-hmm. and listen you know i'll bet you if people were more comfortable talking about mental health issues that percentage of mm-hmm. you know 40 percent of people under yes. 40 blah 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 i mean I, I i sometimes think about maybe you do too but like my dad at the age i'm at you know like when he was in his 40s or he was in his 50s, whatever yes. i think you know what was you know, does he? He must have felt the same way we feel. Our, our parents, they were just, you know, mm-hmm. they were just us, except older. I'm, I imagine, you know, their mental health was never really talked about. No. You know, certainly not the way we do now. No, no, absolutely. You know, and again, it would. You know, it. How did that? You know, how did parenting sort of bubble over i mean back when people used to hit their kids or you know some guy's dad was always in a bad mood you just thought he was a prick who knew what these guys are dealing with because they could never really openly talk about it right the drinking and the way you came out yeah you know my dad wasn't a big drinker but my dad drank regularly i think a lot of Mm -hmm. our parents you know it was Mm -hmm. you know i the idea of have a cocktail or take some sleeping pills. People knew that, you know, people were fucked up. They just didn't talk about it in a way that people felt comfortable admitting frailties that we all share. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the only person that's had to, you know, seek some counseling. Uh, Dan Duran, have you had to have counseling for your issues? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I no. not dealt with my issues on my own at this oh, yeah. point but good. you know it's, it's good to be right around the corner who knows well don't i wonder hesitate. if there's ever ever a time in our societies you know going back to uh, christ times or before if there's ever a time that, that unlike now that it, like there was a more of an acknowledgement about people with with troubles i know there was there was a time when uh you know, it was very macho not to admit you have any kind of emotional issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And coming back from wars and stuff, the PTSD oh. and stuff didn't really exist. You're just a coward, that kind of thing. But was there a time before that where, you know, there was more sensitivity to this kind of thing? I don't know. I, I, I doubt it. But, you know, a lot of and it's so it's like two and threefold through COVID because a lot of mental problems come from financial problems. You know what I mean? Like there's people that struggle with depression and everything maybe it's got nothing to, they're doing well well you've heard those stories i mean mm-hmm. people that have great careers go and suffer from depression like how do you how do you figure that out but a lot of this what we're going through is people have lost their businesses they've lost their restaurants they've lost their jobs and from that came depression that normally they may not have suffered from and this is what we got to wade through over the next few months because there's a lot of it going on 
And, yeah, and I guess my point is that there's a lot of it uh-huh. has been going on for a long time. The oh, difference, yeah. the difference being now, at least you can have a conversation about it and not feel Absolutely. like you know the same. By the way, I just saw an interesting mm-hmm. stat. You know, we were talking about this Oscars thing and the slap. Not to derail the conversation. Heading into yes, he- heading into this year's Oscars, viewership was down eighty percent versus the all-time peak in nineteen ninety-eight. And think about you know, I-, I said this to Fred Dan the other day. I didn't watch the Oscars. Never planned to. Won't. Wouldn't. I would have liked to have seen that in real time, just because of the experience, but. I think about the days where we would have never dared to miss it, knowing that Monday morning we were going to be talking about it, whereas yeah. now we have the facility to be caught up almost instantly. But 1998, you know, that would have been right there in the sweet spot of entertainment tonight, and entertainment was a big part of the culture. And I say this, I, one of the things the pandemic did to celebrity is make it seem as unimportant as it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, uh, yeah, and the uh, the internet changed in that in that since that time ninety eight yeah. or so you're talking about. Then there was more and more online uh, the, the increased network bandwidth, and there was uh, more facility to get that stuff well, to people outside the actual you know traditional way. Oscars, their own worst enemy. You know, they created. Well, they created their situation. What was always the complaint about the Oscars? Too long. It's too long and boring. Three, three and a half hours. So you would sit there and you would think, okay, this, you know, I'm going to be up till midnight watching this thing. Then all of a sudden that concept is, I don't have to watch this whole thing. I can get up in the morning and the major awards I can just watch on, on my handheld device or on my computer. I mean, by keeping that show at three, three and a half hours, they asked for this. Because remember, we used to talk about that on our show. We say, why don't they just come on with a concise 90 minute show or a concise, you know, it starts at nine. They got to be off by 11. And we're just going to do the major awards that people care and talk about. Yeah. And just make it like a make it a spectacle for 90 minutes or two hours rather than this what it fucking turned into yeah and it just asked people not to watch it anymore because they could get all the results otherwise and and as as i did i woke up you know at five fifteen on monday morning and by the time we right. started the show i had all the oscar information i could ever uh, more than i needed um and, and, and you could watch all the presentations but i i have too. the same problem with the oscars as i do with the opening credits to a movie no offense to the supervising sound editor mm-hmm. and the casting person from the CSA, whatever the casting is. Y'all, like, just start the movie. Just start it. Okay, maybe directed by or because, of, but I mean, I, it's the same thing. Like, there are four or five awards we all want to hear about and watch. It doesn't even need to be three hours. Make it an hour. Who said, like, it's yeah. just like, when did movies have to be two hours and 20 minutes? That's three. Yeah. That's three P's for me, by the way. <laughs> so, but but why can't it? Why does the thing? Can't it just be an hour, hour and a half, ninety minutes? Just make it mm-hmm. best picture, best actor. See ya. Supervising yeah, no. music. No, and I think they should do that uh, again. They've just, you know, they've encouraged people not to, not to sit down and watch the whole thing. Um, yeah, they they got to get on top of that. Uh, speaking of credits, too, you ever notice if you really, really enjoy a movie, you're more inclined to sit there and watch the closing credits? 
Yeah, I guess. Part of you doesn't want the experience to be over and such. I did that last night. I never watched. As soon as the movie's over, I click it because I enjoyed Coda so much. I just sat there sort of mesmerized looking at all the closing credits, you know, about, you know, the songs and who Mm, gave the rights. Grips and and, who who did this and who did that. Yeah, but you were sitting there quietly, you know, weeping. So you had to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, Compose it's 2000. Yourself. Listen, you talk about I'm not uh, mental fun health of in 2022. Yeah. A, a man in 2022 should be able to admit that he weeped at a movie. I'm, of course, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not mocking you. Well, I'm just, well, well I was kind of mocking. I think you were. Listen, I told you about the time that Dan, Dave and I, best friend Dave and I, went to Marley and me. We weren't that, weeping. We yeah, weren't that weeping. Doesn't, that we doesn't were, even count. We now. were sobbing. Talk about grown men. We, we were we, we were crying so hard it frightened the children. True story. By the way, uh, the Oscar gift bags, Dan, uh, you're a yes. big time entertainment yeah. fella. Did you read what they were? Yeah, was in it was in there like uh, the Botox injection. Yeah, liposuction. Okay, yeah, the inside the gift bags, which by the way were worth one hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars. Included liposuction and a plot of land in Scotland. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like that, yeah, that's just stupid. It was given out to Spielberg, Will Smith, and other oh, nominees. Yeah. Oh, no, it's unbelievable. Spielberg needs a piece of land in Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. It must have been a pretty small piece of land. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's some kind of weird thing. One of those novelty things, probably. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, $12,000 Celebrity Arms Liposuction Procedure. The title of Lord or Lady of Glencoe, along with a small plot of land in Scotland. 250000 worth of home renovation from Los Angeles-based construction. Uh, ma- yes. Up to $10,000 worth of uh, treatments and rejuvenation procedures from Dr. Uh, somebody or other. Uh, $1,200 life coaching session with uh, Coyote Joseph. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. I'm sure a lot of those people won't be using that. Maybe you could ask somebody for the uh, the session, you know, yeah. the, the coupon. Here's some people making fun of the Oscars on... Movies have the power to transport us. So these are two people doing a parody of being an Oscar presenter. Have a listen. Movies have the power to transport us to distant lands. From a rice paddy in war-torn Cambodia. To a space station hundreds of miles above us. To a little studio right here in Hollywood. (laughs) And while we all rely on great actors, directors, and cinematographers, none of this would be possible without one person. The most important person on set. The supervising sound editor. (laughs) This year's nominees for achievement in sound mixing are... Charlie Myers Orr for Something Out There Comes Again Today. Chaim and Mindel Birnbaum for El Buen Chico, the Roberto Clemente story. Lanthimos Paliatakos for Franks and Beans. These are all just made up movie titles, by the way. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. Uh... By the way, uh, getting back to your uh, credits and thing, somewhere yes. in the seventies, I think that's when they remember all the older movies had all the credits at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then all yes. you saw at the end of the movie was the end. Yes, and uh, that that changed, and uh, they moved it all to the end, and then uh, then Marvel started putting a little you know thing at the very end, so you watch all the way through the, the credits. Yeah, a lot of movies started doing that where they in the in a sort of separate box while the credits are going, they have the outtakes, the blooper yeah. reel 
which I like. Yes. I'll watch that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I had this experience recently in a movie. Admittedly, I might have been a bit buzzed, but because of our reliance and how much we spend time watching streaming movies, there was a point in, in the movie the other night that I thought, oh, maybe I should pause this and go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you can't you understand you can't pause the movie because you're watching it with a right. big screen wow. yeah you can't no. so you it's just fine. pissed your pants <laughs> yeah. yeah I did I made dribblies yeah I just pissed my pants <laughs> fuck man I'm not there yet oh, I'm not I'm not saying I can't it. see oh this you know the Howard becoming incontinent it's just so, <laughs> it's so good for the show oh yeah it's so good for the show I look listen I walked by that aisle at shoppers and then all these guys on their diaper bags looking right. like hey I'm on a diaper bag you know and it's hey, all no- guys what <laughs> notice Howard smells a bit pissy these days <laughs> And they're all guys that look like Dan. They're all handsome men and they're fucking yeah. depends. And they're like, I'm yeah. in, I'm on a depends bag. Mm. Would you do, uh, Dan? I know you've got principles, but would, if someone, if your agent said, Dan, we need you to pose. Yes, I would. <laughs> Dan, you're going to pose uh, in a pair of depends and you will be the model on the depends bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, do most of those models actually, they're not actually wearing it. They yeah. were, don't, don't they? No, they're wearing, they're wearing them. Yeah, they're, they're wearing, wearing them. On the, well, you don't like, see them. They're underneath their un, they're yeah, under, underneath I mean. their they're underwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, well, or they're not because they don't want you know, <laughs> they don't want any part of it to go. Oh, look at that guy's wearing a diaper. No, what they are, Dan, is it's actually a grown man on a change table and his wife or mom. Or, yeah. <laughs> All right, Dan. Did, did you have another story or where? where, where yeah. Danny? Oh, there is a story standing th- by. You know I have a story. Oh, right. no, I know. Oh. I can tell the way you were just sitting there that you, you had something else. Oh, no, yeah. Okay, so here we go. It's in booze news. Cheese as uh, uh, cheese waste turns into uh, uh, alcohol now. There's, uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but there's a lot of waste in the creation of a good cheese. Hard cheeses create nine pounds of whey. And uh, that liquid bite product. But for big producers, the large-scale cheesemakers, they often turn that into animal feed or whey protein. But with smaller cheesemakers, it basically goes to waste. So there's, uh, there's people taking that and brewing it up. So now there's a wayward spirit in California. They, their distillery, they take over the leftover whey, and they make uh, it into an alcohol. Mm. What kind of booze do they make out of gut cheese? Oh, I bet you it's strong. What about about toe jam? Does that make any... (laughs) Is there any alcohol associated with that, Dan? Yeah. (laughs) Toe jam and gut cheese. Fuck yeah. 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 (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) Sounds gross, but, you know, they're getting uh, getting some awards, and there's a few other... uh, establishments out there that are mm. brewing it up. Uh, Bertha's Revenge Irish Milk Gin is one of them. There's oh. Lactalium Velvet, mm. which is a vodka. Nice. <laughs> uh, my son sent me some clips the other day of the latest Jackass movie. Oh, my goodness. It's crazy. You talk about gut cheese. You know, one of the guy, the characters is a big, 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 gooey fat guy, and some of the stuff... He does. It's funny to watch all that fat jiggle. I'm mm. sorry, it is. But this guy is also covered in tattoos. And Danny and I were saying, can you imagine you walk into a tattoo shop and this guy is like morbidly obese, fat, gooey, and doing the the artwork on that flab? Mm. Because if you ever lost weight, what would happen to it? And it must be a little harder to work on flab than 
You have to stretch it out. Like, for, like you know, <laughs> this is where my mind went when mm. I saw the guy. But they had this big fat guy just like in shorts on a slip and slide down a down this hill and people were riding him down the hill and then there was a, <laughs> then there was a bit of a slope at the end it was sure you gotta yeah, see it yeah. it's crazy and really how proud for his family to see yeah. him oh you know the dennis is in the movie oh yeah he's a big fat guy kids ride him <laughs> what oh yeah he's the big fat yeah anyway exactly was that one of the happens was that one of the nominees from the no. last night <laughs> But I'll tell you, those guys have fun making those movies. That's genuine laughter, man, when they're all standing around watching that stuff come down. Yeah, they were on to something there. So, uh, well, there you go. Thanks to uh, Brett Tanner and uh, Shandy McLean. Darren Frost, appreciate his uh, participation in this discussion. Ivan from Men Without Hats. Tomorrow's program, also another... It's going to be cool. We're going to be talking to this guy we, we mentioned a few times last week, Amin Batia. Amin Batia is a, is a guy that creates music for television and movies. Very creative guy. Spent a lot of time back in the day working with Dan and I in Calgary, then Fred and I and Dan in Toronto. A lot of the early soundscapes of the Humble and Fred show were created by Amin. Looking forward to talking with him. And then on... Uh, Thursday show, Mark Jordan, who's been on the show a bunch of times, but Amy Skye, his wife, will join him, and we look forward to that, and of course, the retirement Sherpa talking some sense about things tomorrow. Uh, just before we go, I don't know, is it, it's minus, what's the temperature? Yesterday was brutal. It's minus, minus five. Something yeah. in Toronto. It's minus five, feels like minus 12. Yesterday was about minus 18 in the afternoon. I never left the house yesterday. I thought about it and I thought, piss on it. I'm not leaving. I'm not going out into that. I'm too. I'm too. It, it's, I'm, I'm too fragile. Well, no, I'm in despair. Like I'm yeah. thinking, like over a month ago, I'm like golfing and in nice weather, and it's like this will drag on this shit. Well, just like last week, this Thursday will be a very warm yeah. day. Yeah, and then it's going to be two yeah. the next day. Yeah. You get yeah, one day. Yeah. Okay, little Canadians, here is one day. That's There's all, one day. That that's all you can have. Yeah, but that one day is going to rain. No, I listen, yeah. I'm, I admit it. I'm too fr- Dan came over last night. We had a quick dinner. Dan went over to a, do a, a gig or to attend some event. And I said to him, I'm going to go out with Stan for 15 minutes. And I did, Dan. I took Stan out to this park. He had like three layers, gloves. And Stan ran around. I threw a stick for him. Honestly, at about the 15-minute mark, I was so cold. This was at 6.15 at night. I was so cold that it was aggravating. And I just not. I, just, I said to Dan before I left, I've been cold since I got off the plane a month ago now. And this is what I call the big lie of Canadian spring. Oh, the spring is here. Yeah? There was snow on the ground Sunday. It's a time of year for layers. You need to be dressing for the, uh, yes, the weather. Yes, right. More layers. Well, Your today, mind thinks you don't need as much, but I then know. you, you know, you forget. Oh, it's spring, so I don't need as much, and that's where that's the folly of your, uh, your approach. You're right. Yesterday, was it Pennsylvania or Ohio? There was one of those horrific pileups. Oh, a forty car pileup. Yeah, Jesus. and I God. saw some of the. You know how 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 terrifying that must be to be part of that, even if you're off the road. Because you're seeing transport trucks stopped and then other trucks just coming without even slowing down and smashing into the back of them. And then the next one, bang, and then 
bang, and then cars, if they see it, they're spinning out of control off the road, and then one car hits another car, and, you know, the people are jumping out of their cars and running into the woods beside the highway because, you know, you could get... And then you can imagine a car between two transports and three people die, three people perished. But uh, just horrific. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, even your mindset there, it's the end of March. I thought that shit was over. Yeah. But you know what it was? It was it was a snow squall in fog. Can you imagine? There's no safe place anymore. Is that what you're saying? No, there's no safe place. And where is this the one in Clinton Township, Ohio? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that was what I read. Just horrific. Horrific. Four family members, uh, fatal crash. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not over yet. Uh, you know, Dan always says, yeah, what's the rule for uh, winter tires? It's, you have oh, to, s- seven days is seven above. Yeah, we haven't had seven days in a row at seven and above. No, or we're only allowed to have one at a time. It's rational. <laughs> It's rations here in Canada. And we get, you know, we get our little treat on Thursday, and then that's it. That's enough. No more. It's all true, though. You know what, though? Yeah, it's all true. I was going to say, you know. You like my bit? I was going to say, considering this thing you're doing right now, maybe you should get out for a walk. (laughs) I don't care how cold it is. Uh, All right. Well, there you go. There's our show. There's a show. That's a show. Dan Duran is upstairs, and he will finish this show by saying. uh, This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember to like and subscribe. Your life journey will be enriched. No refunds or implied warranties. A little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low. 